Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's at the four. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Flying start. <laughs> and this is Sports Lounge Live at number 155. It is August 10th, 2021. And we have a big, big announcement right now because we are moving not far, just a, up a little bit. We're going to be, as a matter of fact, you'll have two hours less to wait for us next week than you have now because we're going to move to four to, well, we're around six. You know, our shows are usually about two hours, a little less, a little more. Four o'clock is when we're going to start Eastern Time starting next week. Immigrant, our friend Immigrant, is going to be has started today doing her show from one to four and we thought it'd be great to follow her up right after her so that'd be a nice block of programming uh, on tuesdays for the legend put everything together so we are moving our show from four to six we talked with a lot of our regular listeners a lot of them thought it was better for them anyway it's also better for us because what happens is now of course next week flies in the face of it because next week the red sox are playing at one o'clock but that's just the way it goes but uh, and if we didn't have it today the cubs had a day game <laughs> that's right generally uh, it means that we'll be on and off before the games get going. You know, usually the games start around 7, 7.30. We should be off by, you know, 6, 6.15, 6.20, whatever it is. And then we'll all be able to enjoy the games and have a, a full evening of sports. And uh, and basically everybody, you know, there's different ways to listen. And Sean will talk about that later. So the time of our show isn't so important to many people. Many people listen on the podcast. Many people listen on, on our phone system, whatever. But just for those who do listen live, even if you don't call in, it might be a better time or, for you to listen. If you or maybe time. maybe some of you couldn't have listened live at this time if you're listening on the podcast now, but you are able to be live maybe earlier in the day. That's right. That's, that's right. Everybody's yeah. schedule is different. We never know. I know one, one specific person is not as good for, but another person said it's much better for uh, our regular yeah. listeners. So, yeah, you know, we might actually get some new callers that way. We that might. Good. We might. Well, we could so anyway. So, most important, so, uh, it works for oh, me. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I said ahead, most Bill. important, it works for me better because... Yeah. I'm early in the morning and later at night with this schedule, so more importantly... Yep. It works well, good you know, for me. Uh, Bill's always been a big Ben Franklin fan, you know, early to bed, early to rise, and, you know, all that. Got to keep the boss happy. Hey, and five, five o'clock, I can go to happy hour. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. So yeah. one one more day for Sean to go to the bar. You know, they, they their business suffers on Tuesday. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just not there. <laughs> Let me find yeah, that song. I, I love I, this bar. I get my tacos yeah. in the day, but they don't get my, they don't get my drinking money. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go. Okay, so the agenda for our last uh, Tuesday, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, uh, thing here and uh, for this uh, this show, we're going to have our deaths. We'll go through the death list in a moment. Of course, the deaths will be at the end. And we have um, well, a big...
big uh, A-list athletes, uh, maybe a, a double A death, and then some of the smaller ones. But we have three very well-known people that are on the, on this list, so you'll want to stay tuned. Then we're going to do the panel. Actually, before we do the panel, I'll quickly run through. We had one NHL news item and a couple of uh, auto racing items, so I'll run them in before I do my panel. Just to, and then I'll do my panel discussions. Of course, Rick Swan is here too. He's not on the on the uh, uh, promo, but he is here too, and as a big NFL reporter and uh, hockey and baseball and other things. So we'll do the panel, then we'll do baseball, then we'll do the NFL, then we'll do the NBA, college sports, there's a few things, uh, a, a quick wrap-up on the Olympics, and on boxing, Robert has some uh, comments. So the death list for today, uh, Mike DePalmer, 59 years old, uh, he, he was a tennis doubles matcher, really, did very well in doubles. Uh, Joe Tafoni, offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants, he's 76 years old. Uh, June Doherty, 64 years old, a uh, women's... Uh, uh, basketball coach, uh, Jocelyn Barata, 74 years, years old, Canadian amateur and pro golfer. And then we have, uh, we get to the bigger names here. J.R. Richard, the Houston pitcher, 71 years old. Of course, his career was sh- cut short by a stroke in 1980, I should say. Bobby Bowden, 90 years old. We talked about him 91. a couple of weeks ago. 91. 91. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, uh, anyway, he, uh, of course, died of pancreatic cancer and the third winningest coach all time. And we'll talk about him in college basketball and football, uh, college, football. college football. Yes. And uh, we have uh, Bob Jenkins, the longtime race announcer. Announcer died of brain cancer, 73 years old, Indy cars and Nat car, and uh, so forth. So that's it. For the items for uh, auto racing and hockey, uh, we had Kyle Larson, the one at Watkins Glen in the, the, the uh, NASCAR. And we have in the IndyCar, uh, we had the Music City Grand Prix in the streets of Nashville as these things become more popular. And Marcus Erickson won it. And it was first race ever held in Nashville. So that was uh, uh, a new thing for this week. And the yeah, NHL. First, it was a road race. It was around the streets of Nashville. Yes. Right. That's what I said. And in, uh, in the NHL. Mike Lang, the longtime Pittsburgh Penguins radio voice, is retired. Uh, he's about 72, 73 years old, and uh, he should have retired a couple of years ago. He wasn't doing very well, um, but uh, he stayed. I think that's a good decision. Home. For, I think that's a good decision for him. Oh, well, yeah, and, was, and Rich in Red for Buffalo should have. Uh, I hope he's done that because he he's the next one that needs to go if he has not. But Mike Lang, he, you could tell his division. He would say things like, "Okay, the the Flyers have the puck, and now they dump it in." And he mentioned Penguins, but he couldn't always see which guys from the other team had the puck and that kind of thing. So I think yeah. the vision was going. And he only was doing home games, but it really wasn't very good. So uh, Josh uh, Getzlaff is the guy, I think is his name, is going to be the radio voice. I think voice it's Josh. The- Josh, I said Josh. Okay, all right. Okay, so my panel thing is about the Red Sox. Uh-huh. Well, see, guys, let me give you a little history on this season here. <laughs> the Red Sox started out 0-3. Remember, they lost to the Orioles, one of the worst teams in the league. And they were 0-3, and everybody's wringing their hands and stuff. But then they went 63-37 and to get to 63-40. and That's pretty good. That's a long chunk of season. That's almost two-thirds of the season. But now, since then, they've been 2-9. and And they're now 65-49. and As a matter of fact, looking at the standings today, the A's are in first place for the wild card race. That is correct. <laughs> so, yeah, he's all happy. He thinks, you know, whatever. Well, no, I'm not exactly happy because of uh, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, there's that, baseball. too, that's coming yeah. up with baseball. But the, the point is, what is, who are the real Red Sox? You know, what's going on? They, they <laughs> were 
weren't hitting for most of these 11 games. Then they got eight runs, then the bullpen imploded. Now, the idea, of course, is everybody's mad because they didn't do a whole lot at the trade deadline, and that certainly looks bad right now. However, they are going to get Chris Sale back on Saturday. Tanner Houck did a good job last Saturday night, but they're worried about him about endurance, that he really is only about a four-inning pitcher, it seems to be. So I don't know how that's going to work in the in the starting rotation. But they got lucky because they had Will Venable test positive uh, for COVID, and that's not a lucky thing, but they were in Canada. And because they were in Canada, they found out that the players, they tested all the players when they got there. So if they hadn't tested them, then my Venable might have spread it around the team. They got him isolated and so forth, and he might have, you know, spread it around the team and so forth. But, uh, you know, they, they got lucky because they happened to be going to Canada. That's the only lucky thing that's happened to them in the last week and a half. But uh, everybody's kind of concerned. The Red Sox are now in the middle of a crazy wild card race. Before they were in the middle of a division race, well, they could maybe get back into it. they got to do well against Tampa Bay this week. But uh, it's just uh, not been good times for the Red Sox here. Okay, Rick? Yeah, it hasn't been great. They're, they're racing with the Mets to see which team can dive the fastest. Well, um, uh, the New York Mets are the worst right now because uh, they just no. I um I said here last week that I was worried that they wouldn't even make the playoffs. Now I'm sure they will not make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Um, but they um, – I'm always. I'm not a huge baseball fan. I always said if the Red Sox could get me with some excitement to the football season, I'd be happy. Well, they made it to like the exhibition season, <laughs> so so that's something. We are at uh, 30 days out from the regular season now in the NFL. Yep. Uh, full exhibitions uh, scheduled this weekend. Yep. And uh, since it's National Lazy Day, I think I've done enough. I'm going to go on to Perry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get busy this week because the Iowa State Fair goes from Thursday of this week to Sunday of next week. So everybody's really hyped. They're hyped about this one, but it's a 10 days. Um, But they're hyped about this one. Wow. They're hyped about this one because, of course, we didn't have one last year. Right. So everybody's hyped to get to go to the fair. You know, the famous butter cow is at the state fair. So everybody can go see that. And uh, all the concerts. I mean, I guess they have a big concert lineup. Uh, Blake Shelton and, uh, and others are there. So they have a big concert lineup. And uh, the Cubs just kind of struggle on. They they do okay, and then they don't do okay, and they, you know how that goes. But um, have they um, said what kind of COVID rules they're going to have now? Uh, you know, are they doing indoor masks, or because some things I know with the fair would be indoors? Are they going to do any most of that? Of, or... Most of Iowa stuff is outdoors. So I mean, okay. you go through some of the indoors to see like the displays, but most of it is outdoors. So there's not a lot of concern. Okay. But um, plus, it's going to be about 100 degrees, so I don't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Not too many people are going to want to be there that long. But nonetheless, that's going on this week. And and, uh, Justin Steele looked okay today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, we'll turn it over now to Bill. Well, let's see. It's quarterbacks 101 here. We get a new (laughs) story every day here, um, here on the Indy Colts. Will Wentz be back for the opener? Based upon past history, I doubt it, but we don't know what's going to happen here. Um, Sean's Texas guy, Sam Ellinger, yeah, he's really coming on strong, but people with that I'm hearing sources may not be true and say that the Jacob Eason is a real problem. I mean, he's just not there, but watch him come in and throw five touchdowns in the exhibition game. But but I, I think that seems to be 
a real issue. And then, of course, everybody here is talking about Bob Jenkins passing away. And he was the voice of the 500 for eight years and worked on the crew. You know, he was the PA announcer out there. And, you know, he's the voice of NASCAR. So this guy's been around. He started out on AM radio here in Indianapolis at WIRE and worked and and worked his way up. And, well, the rest is history. That's all yeah. I got. Robert? So what you're saying, Bill, is if we start out on the legend and we do well, we we just work our way up, right? Uh, <laughs> I tried that for 17 years, and it hadn't worked yet. But uh, uh, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Robert. <laughs> That's a good one, Perry. Well, uh, everything is doing okay here. I'm still dealing with the, the fire situation. Uh, not that I'm close to any, but we get all the smoke from all the various different fires, and so the air quality isn't the best. And we have a heat wave starting today, 105 today, 108 tomorrow, 109 the next day, so on and so forth. And, uh, of course, the hotter it gets, the worse it makes it for the people fighting the fires. So. That's our biggest thing in sports. Uh, I'm happy about the Hall of Fame. A couple of Raiders went in, and uh, uh, and we'll get to the poll question here in a bit, but it's a very good poll question, so stay tuned. Uh, other than that, and a lot of stuff's going on in boxing, and I'll update you on some of that later, so I'll turn it over to Sean. All right. Well, a few things here. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, that is very good for. I think Sam Ellinger will get some time because we all know Carson Wentz will never go a whole season, even when he comes back. So I think, and that's good for him under a guy like Frank Reich. I mean, he's had them. You know, he lost his father right before high school, and then lost his brother right after the draft. I mean, real good family around here. His his father was an investor in one of our in a company that owns a couple of our radio stations, uh, Coke FM and the Horn here in Austin is one of the investors. So his mom owns it. So I think that's kind of good for him but a couple other notes joe buck if you're if you want to watch jeopardy and see joe buck host jeopardy he's the host this week and he's not bad no he's not, he's not yeah he's not bad uh so sports wise also a funny prank was pulled by cliff kingsbury the head coach of arizona and the quarterbacks coach and they did this on colt mccoy and kyler murray uh colt mccoy of course Played for the University of Texas, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. Kyler's a starter. Colts a backup. You know, twelve years. He knows what he is, but he's a you know decent backup. I mean, hey, he's made up. But there's a thing called cameo, where you can pay a certain amount of money. Somebody can tell somebody, uh, someone that you want happy anniversary, happy birthday. So Cliff Kingsbury got the quarterback coach, and the quarterback coach got his stepsister's card. They paid on her card under a fake account. Told Colt McCoy. It was a kid named Bud, because it was for Kyler's birthday. And then, uh, so they got in, they said, yeah, Bud is a long, uh, huge Texas Longhorn fan. So, of course, Colt records the message. Uh, hey, Bud, I hear you're about to start training camp. Good luck. I hear you're a Longhorn fan. You know, happy birthday and hook them horns. But, of course, it was for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray <laughs> didn't know what it was. They said, Kyler, we got a birthday wish from a guy. <laughs> so he pranked both of his court. They pranked both of their quarterback rival school. So, I mean, the audio of it was just funny. They played it. And another, this one, thank God they figured this one out. I'm not going to say the word, but there was an alleged racial slur that happened at the Rockies-Marlins game on Sunday. And they found out that it was not. They, the guy was hollering out 
he was the saying mascot dinger, of, he was saying dinger and they thought dinger, he was saying yeah. the n word yeah yes they thought and he found out none of the florida marlins luckily they got tv audio they were about to ban him for life from the rockies games luckily that got solved so but anyway yeah, so luckily oh you got to listen close but yeah, and but we have you don't forget you can also hear Robert if you want to hear a lot of boxing news and his crew Sunday nights six PM Eastern Ringside Reporter dot com or download podcast over there. Uh, yep. If you can't listen on Sunday nights. And uh, if you want to call in live to listen, because otherwise you won't be able to hear it until after it's over, the number is three two three eight seven zero three eight five seven. You can call in live. And uh, if you don't press one, then that indicates that you're just listening. If you press one, it indicates you actually want to come on the air. Okay, so that's so you do how have we a, do it. A live listen number. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And it, yeah. And well, but all but it, it it only it, it's through Blog Talk Radio, and it, but it only works while the show is on. You can't hear. Yeah, you yeah. Know. That's, what, that's yeah. yeah. No, I, but I didn't know they all had even alive. Yeah. Uh, also, don't forget contact us anytime throughout the week if you are listening. Seven seven three five seven two seven seven one five is one way do not mark message private also 800-693-0595 option two say it's for sports not five or sports lounge at all things radio.net and you can call in at any time by downloading the zoom app or dial 646-876-9923 this is anytime you're if you're listening to the show live whether it's today or next week two hours earlier so 646-876-9923 and then enter code 287 4,600, hit pound key twice, star nine, raise your hand on the phone, alt Y on the computer, and the more key on your smartphone. When today we have a poll question, we're going to talk about people who should be in the Hall of Fame, not just the Football Hall of Fame, but any Hall of Fame who are not there, and we all know one that a lot of us are going to say, but people that you think should, or people that it took forever to get them in to said Hall of Fame, and they finally did, because think about it, we were, we were supposed to have the baseball in July, it's moving September, we just had the football, we had the basketball Hall of Fame in June, now we're going to have the new one back in a couple months in its regular spot, so all these Hall of Fames are getting pushed together, so I thought this would be a good week for that question. <laughs> so, anyway, I guess we can move on to some baseball. Right, yeah. baseball. Okay, so we have the standings here, and they have uh, changed, and uh, things are <clears throat> things are happening. As I pointed out earlier, they're not good for some teams. American League East, Tampa Bay at 68-44. Red Sox are now 65-49. and They're now four games out. Uh, the Yankees are 62-50, and 50, so they're six out. And Toronto, 60-50, and 50, they're seven out. So all the uh, proclaiming the Yankees in Toronto were dead uh, has uh, stopped. And uh, they've both been playing pretty well lately. And, um, you know, even despite uh, we already, we've heard, uh, we have in our baseball uh, messages, uh, stuff from this week that Anthony Rizzo had the COVID, uh, another Yankee. I think they've had like 12 Yankees. That have yeah, they've, had had a, they've had a bunch of them. Yeah, so anyway, and he's out for the 10 days. We can talk about that. And then Baltimore, of course, 38-72. In the Central, the uh, White Sox continue to roll 67 and 46 Cleveland 55 and 55 so 10 and a half game lead for the White Sox Detroit 54 and 60 Kansas City 48 and 63 Minnesota 48 and 65 in the West Houston 66 and 46 and Oakland 64 and 48 they're only two behind Houston now so they're back into it a little bit more Uh, Seattle 59 and 54 
the Angels are 56 and 56, and Techs are 39 and 73. So looking at the wild card race, we have the A's leading the wild card now. The Red Sox had like a three-game lead over the A's last week at the time, but now the A's have percentages over the Red Sox. Uh, let's see, to, uh, the Yankees, I think, are two out in the wild Hello, card. Yeah. Toronto, three, yeah. and uh, Seattle is uh, five and a half, I, I think. And... Um, so that's that's uh, Cleveland's like eight out, but they're not quite. Uh, we haven't quite put a fork in them yet. But we are. I think today we could put a fork. We didn't want to do it last week in case it made them mad. But the Tigers won two out of three anyway, so it didn't do any good. But we're going to put one in the Tigers because they're I think too far out of uh, yes. both. Uh, so we we stick one in the Tigers for the American League. In the National League, the Phillies are now in first place. What have they won? About eight in a row, nine in yes. a row, something like that. Yes, eight yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah fifty-nine, fifty-three. The Mets in the meantime have been collapsing just as fast. The Reds, uh, well, they're behind the Braves now. The Braves are 57 and 55, so two games out. The Mets are 56 and 55, two and a half games out. Washington's 50 and 62. Miami's 47 and 66. In the Central, Milwaukee. That's going to be. A, I think that's going to that East though, Chris. That's going that NL East is going to be a good race. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. In the Central, Milwaukee, who's they, what they need to. I assume all the Milwaukee talk shows are sitting there talking about not only who should our first starter be uh, in the series because they figured. They're going to win, probably win the division. But which NL East team do they want to face? Because what's going to happen, unless there's totally wild stuff, even wilder than this week, that changes, the the wild card, the winner of the wild card will come from California and go to San Francisco. Yep. You know, and, so and if you don't hear a lot of Brewer games, the, the thing to keep in mind here is the Brewers have a lot of good options as to who could be their first starter. That is correct. Yeah, uh, they, so. they play they played the Giants this weekend, and I, I'm not a Giants or Brewers fan, but those were like three playoff games this yeah, weekend. Yeah, they were. Yes, they were. Fun to watch. So yeah, so they're 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 watching that race uh, closely. It's not over for the for the Reds though. The, the Brewers are sixty six and forty six. Cincinnati sixty one and fifty two. So they're five and a half out. And of course, they got to play the Pirates while the Brewers were playing the Giants. That helped. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cardinals fifty five and fifty six. Cubs fifty two and sixty one. Pittsburgh forty one and seventy one. And in the West, uh, the Giants with a great seventy one and forty one record, exactly opposite of the Pirates. Uh, the Dodgers sixty seven and forty five. Uh, what are they four out? San Diego. Go 65 and 49. I think they're uh, what seven out, and then Colorado 51, 61, Arizona 35, 68. So the the wild card race, of course, the uh, Dodgers lead it. The Padres are second. So the Padres are 16 over. Let's see. In the East, we've got the Braves at 57 and 55. So they're like seven behind the Padres. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it met seven and a half out. And then as far as the Cincinnati, they're 61 and 52. They're only uh, what three and a half behind the Padres. Yeah, yeah. Padres. So that's not too bad. Yeah. They've got a chance at that. But I think we need to uh, take two teams out and then put forks in them. One would be the Washington Nationals, yep. and the other would be the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I would agree. Right. I would agree with both of those. Put yeah. them out of their misery. So we're getting down to the the short strokes where the teams that we talk about and really uh, analyze are you know the ones that are in. There's a couple more that are going to go, but basically I think we're down to the real contenders. So tonight's schedule at six oh seven we have. Well, we have the Angels at Toronto, and the, but it's being played in Anaheim. And the reason for this is a makeup of one of the rain. There has been a rain out apparently in Buffalo. So the Blue Jays will be the home team. This is a split double header, but the Blue Jays will be the home team in the first game, and then the Angels will be the home team in the second game in uh, later on. So that's so this be Toronto's seven. fourth home park this year. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> and, but earlier today, we had another split double header, and the Brewers beat the Cubs 4-2. to two. And I was already going to eliminate them, uh, you know, 
know, that was because of that game. <laughs> you know, the uh, Brewers beat the Cubs 4-2, to two, so uh, they continue to roll along and, and play decent baseball. So that was early, and they've got another game later that we'll get to. But, uh, of course, for, for the Cub fans, I, I will tell you, you, you got to feel a little bit good. Uh, Justin Steele did not get the win in this game, but he did pitch pretty well, and uh, they're still having the same old problems that they had when they had Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo and all that. They still can't hit for whatever reason. <laughs> okay. At 7.05, the Dodgers at the Phillies, Detroit at Baltimore, St. Louis at Pittsburgh. 7.10, we have Tampa Bay at the Red Sox. So the Red Sox do, as they say, have an opportunity to make a dent. We'll see what they can do. Oakland, they needed that day off yesterday. So did the Mets. Those teams have really been struggling. Oakland at Cleveland, Washington yeah, at the Mets. Yeah, started a 10-game road trip tonight. So. Who did? The Mets? The A's. Oh, yeah. the A's do. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that we'll see how they come out of that. Where do they have to go, Robert? Uh, we have three in Cleveland, three in Texas, and four at the White Sox. Okay. Well, the first two aren't as hard as the last four. The, the yeah. first, you know, the White Sox game. Okay, and we so haven't gonna... played the White Sox all year long. And oh, yeah. uh, I, wa- I, watched the, I watched the White Sox uh, on Sunday night, and, oh, I'm not looking forward to facing that lineup for four no. days. No, the Red Sox haven't played Cleveland yet either. So everybody's got a team they haven't played. So, yeah. again, Oakland at Cleveland, Washington at the Mets, 720. We have Cincinnati at the Braves. 8.05, Milwaukee at the Cubs for the second game. 8.10, we have the White Sox at Minnesota. Uh, the Yankees are at Kansas City. Colorado at Houston. 9.45, Arizona at San Francisco. 10.07, we have Toronto at the Angels for the uh, that second, second game. game. Yep, 10.10, we have Texas at Seattle and Miami at San Diego. So there you go. We've got all that done. And we have, of course, baseball news and notes coming up, but it's probably time for a break. I think it is. So why don't we do that? We'll come back. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We have baseball notes. 
Anthony Rendon, the first baseman for the uh, Angels, is out with third hip baseman. surgery. Third, third baseman. Oh, third baseman, okay. Third, yeah, actually, I see that as the third baseman. He's out uh, for hip surgery. Tony Walters uh, was granted his release by the Cubs. He uh, started the season with the Cubs as a catcher, and then uh, and uh, I guess he thinks he might be able to hook on with another team, Perry. Is that the idea? That is, that is his thought, yes. Okay. And you have to do that by September 1st, correct, Perry? That is correct. Yeah, all right. Right. Um, you know, it is really too bad. What was the rationale, since now we're full into this period where we used to have waiver deals all the time, and, the, you know, I mean, right now the Red Sox maybe would want another starter, maybe they didn't want another bat, because Kyle Schwarber had a setback. Apparently he's got a little bit of a groin, groin pull on top of the uh, hamstring that he has. Yeah. But what, what, is, what is the deal, what is the reason that they gave for not allowing these waiver deals that we used to have? They, the reason can? is they wanted, and they were going to do this last year, even before the pandemic hit, they want the July 31st deadline to get all the attention. So they were going to do this anyway. And of course, another one, remember too, Chris, that they've done away with is in September. You can't call up 15 guys. You only get to call up two. I think that's kind of dumb, too, because, I mean, I get that part a little bit more because, you know, you, you can have ridiculously long games with all the pitching changes and this and that. But I, I think the waiver deal, every other sport, and I think the NFL even has ways to do it, but certainly the NBA, after you have the uh, free you know, the uh, trade deadline, you've got a time when people could do sign-in trades or, you know, people are waived. There's, there's a whole other group of people that gets moved around the week or two after that. You've also Okay, got- uh, in the NBA, uh, Chris, the way it works is like that. Uh, uh, normally, the trading deadline is sometime in February, and as soon as the trading deadline is over with, whether it's 4 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever that time is, after that time expires, uh, players can ask for a buyout or yeah. release and whatever, and you have until March 1st to join right. a new team to be That's eligible. That's a couple of weeks you have there, yeah, because yeah, they moved the trading deadline slightly earlier. So there's that. I think what's going to happen, Chris, is all this is going to come up with yeah. the CBA, and I was, yeah. to, I was listening last night to a discussion when the Cubs had their rain delay, and they were discussing uh, that Nick Castellanos of the Reds has an opt-out, and, you know, would the Cubs maybe try to revisit bringing him back, because I think we all know that next year you're going to have a DH. Well, part of the thought is that Castellanos has to go and has to evaluate in his mind, can he do better on the free agent market than two years and $32 million? Can he right. do better than that? But he has to make that decision before he knows what the CBA is going to look like. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of interesting things coming up. Yeah. But I mean, and then getting the finish with hockey is the most blatant. They can come, people can come right out of college on like April 1st when the NCAA season is over and join a team. I remember the Bruins in 88 when they went to the Stanley Cup finals had Craig Janney and Bob Joyce join the team right out of college and help them to the Stanley Cup final. Well, so, they did that They did that with Charlie, um, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie McAvoy. Um, exactly. Right. So what yeah. I'm saying is I think fans like that. I think it's good to be able, you know, okay, we had this deadline, but let's have another little thing that you can do. And I mean, the NHL maybe is a little over the top, but I, I don't even mind that because why not? You know, it's it's just fun. It's it's uh, makes it people like movement. People like things to happen, and so this is why I only have two pages of baseball notes instead of like five or six like I had last week. Yeah, so if anyway, there's a way, if there's a way to shoot yourself in the foot, baseball well, yeah. finds it. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Well, well, I'll, Rob, I'll talk about the other thing in a minute. While as long as Rob Manfred is commissioner of baseball, baseball is constantly going to shoot itself in the well, foot. Well, but even well, even, be, even be, let's be honest. I mean, <clears throat> Rob Manfred isn't great, but they were. 
doing it even before him. Uh, well, you know, they were doing it way before him. I got, I got, I got to mention. I heard that thing, Perry. That there was a rain delay for the Cardinals the other day, and I heard that thing you were talking about about Bob Uecker and Mike Shannon, and they both uh-huh. basically uh, thought that Bud Selig was the best commissioner of any sport ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> anyway, the Field of yeah. Dreams. We had a little dispute last week, but the Field of Dreams is going to be on August twelfth, Thursday night uh, in uh, Dyersville, Iowa. I guess it is, right, Perry? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what eight o'clock Eastern for, yeah. for that? Yes, that yeah. Dyersville is uh, about 10, 15 miles outside Dubuque, Iowa. Okay, and uh, it's the uh, uh, White Sox and Yankees are playing in that game. Kevin Costner's going to throw off the first pitch. By the yes, way. he yep. will. Oh. And then, uh, but and we have. There's a documentary. There's a. I think it's on FS1. It's talking about uh, if it's called "If You Build It." It's going to run tomorrow, and I think it's going to run Thursday night before the game. It'll be on FS1, even though the game's going to be on Big Fox. Mm-hmm. But they're going to run it Thursday, and it's talking about the making of that movie. And then they're even going to go into how they got the idea of building this field to celebrate the move. Okay, then we have two two sad notes from the broadcast booth. Jerry Remy uh, is stepping away from the Nesson booth because he's got another battle with lung cancer. He's only got one lung, hasn't he, Rick, now, I think? I'm I'm not sure. I mean, this is his fifth time, I think. No, at least, but I I thought he might have lost a lung before. But, you know, it's certainly been in and out for three or four years with it. And and then also the other guy is Ray Fossey from the A's. It turns out he's had cancer one form or another for 16 years, been battling it. Nobody knew about it. And he says... Uh, he said he may not come back next year. So, you know, is he out he, for the rest of this year? Does he? Yes, say? yes, he's out for the rest of this year, and he he says I have to evaluate well what I'm going to do. Yeah, he's 74 uh, years old. Yeah. Jerry, I don't think is saying going that far. I think he's just taking it day to day and right. you know, so forth. But anyway, uh, and uh, let's see. So he's been doing the and Dwayne Kuyper is uh, back and forth with treatments also still. Right. So. Right. Uh, and, of course, he won the World Series with the A's, uh, Ray Fossey did in 73 and 74. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. On August 5th, 1921, we had the first broadcast baseball game by KDKA. I think the guy's name that did it was Her- Harold Arlen, if I remember my radio history. And um, I don't know who the Pirates played, but it was the first game ever broadcast on radio. So we had that anniversary the other day. Uh, Jason Hayward is out for a uh, 10-day IL uh, outfielder and uh, an outfielder, Greg uh, Dykeman, I think it is. Dykeman, uh, yep. Where it was recalled. Yep. Okay, here we go, Robert. You wanted to talk about this before. Uh, well, yeah. whether you wanted to or not, you're going to. Yeah, Ramon, exactly. Ramon Laureano is, is on the 80-game uh, suspension for PEDs. Uh, he didn't know how it got in his system. Apparently, it's been discovered that you inject it, so he had to know. Maybe he thought he was getting the COVID uh, injections, but no. They tricked him. Anyway, and it's uh, Nandrolone is the uh, PED that he got. So he's going to be out for uh, 80 games. And uh, talk about that, Robert. Um, I, I'm very disappointed by this. Um, with the acquisition of Starling Marte, who, by the way, also got suspended for this in 2017 when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates for the same kind of thing. And this just falls into my theory. It seems to happen to people who come from Latin countries, uh, you know. Or I think Dominican. it's the Dominican Republic more than anything. Yeah. I don't think it's other yeah. countries. I've heard well, pretty much the Dominican issue. Yeah, well, yeah, Ramon Laureano. It's Dominican Republic a lot. Ramon Laureano is from, you guessed it, the Dominican Republic. Uh, and, yeah. you know, most of these guys can say, well, I don't understand English. That's why a lot of them have translators. Well, Ramon Laureano speaks very good English, so he can't use that excuse. Starling Marte, however, does not speak any English, so I 
I, but I, I really don't understand how, you know, this segment of players can always get, caught, you know, caught with this kind of crap. Uh, baseball has made their position very clear, especially since they put the penalties in on exactly what was going to happen to you. You get 80 games the first time, you get a full season the second time, and you get banned the third time. Uh, you know, uh, this uh, and Bob Melvin is one of the best managers in baseball, and I, I feel bad for him because now he's going to have to move outfielders around for the rest of the season because uh, this takes away one of our key offensive cogs, you know, on getting on base, getting big hits. I mean, he's not an RBI guy. He can't hit home runs, but, you know, he's always been very good at doing other things, and he's a great defensive player. Um, you know, I really hate situations like this. You know, it just drives me bananas, so to speak. Okay. But yeah, it sounds thought. like it. I, I think yeah. I hear banana right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan sure. Scope is for Detroit, an extension of two years for $15 million. Now, see, that's what you do. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. He's not real young. But you go and you if he's a cog, if it's somebody that you say, we're trying to build toward getting in the wild card, trying to get in the postseason, kind of get our fans interested again and come back to the game, this is what you do, Pittsburgh. You sign people that you really want to have around. And he's a good hitter. And so they're going to sign him and keep him and be part of the – they've got a young pitching that's developing – you know, they're playing a, having a decent year for a team for what they're expected to do. He can opt out after 2022 and $7.5 per year. But that's what that's what you do. That's how you they've do it. You a, have to first, they've been in a lot of tight games this year, too. I mean, you know, yeah. There's yeah. A lot, they, if, they, if they win some of those tight games, I mean, they're not in the playoff race. But, boy, they're really no. on the road if they could do that. No, and, but, they, and they, 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 yeah, they don't hit uh, that much. They don't have very many good hitters. That's the problem. So he's one of the good hitters. So they say, we need to keep our hitters and, here. Uh, and Chris Illich. Chris Illich, their owner, said that uh, he thinks this is the winner that he will likely put some more money into the team because he thinks they're getting ready to win now. Yeah, and really? uh, and yeah. keep another thing in mind: you have a milestone watch going on in Detroit right now because uh, Miguel Cabrera is two home runs away from 500, and he's like 50 hits away from 3,000, and he is owed 32 million dollars next year and 32 million dollars in 23. So. Um, I I don't know what Detroit's thought was, whether they were going to try and get rid of him at the end of the year. Um, But since he's so close to the milestones, I don't know if if, uh, they're going to be able to do that because apparently people have been showing up in Detroit to see him accomplish these things. Right, right. And they say he's got a good attitude. Before, he was very lackadaisical, but they were saying during the Red Sox series, he seems to be having fun out there right now. Of course, he's getting a little attention and so Mm. forth, so that might be part of it, so I don't really know. Go ahead. Just a real quick one. Tony Esposito passed away at age 78. That oh, just came oh. across the wire. Wow. Reference John, uh, John Heyman. Um, okay. So I got a pretty good reference there. Okay. Tony Esposito, of course, Phil's brother and uh, goaltender in the NHL with the yes. Montreal and the Blackhawks and uh, yes. you know, so forth. So we'll have stuff on him next week. He was a good goalie. And um, oh, I remember a game. I remember Rick and I yeah. listening to this game. One uh, to Eddie Johnston. One, one, was it Eddie Johnston? I couldn't remember. It was Johnston. Yeah, Stevens, no, it was Johnston. Yeah. Yeah. And the scoreless, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, I think Chicago ended up winning one to nothing. Oh, did they win one to nothing? I, I yeah. think it was Montreal, actually. I think it was they oh, were playing on a different Saturday game. night. <laughs> <laughs> they were thinking uh, okay, game. that's another game. There was yeah. a disputed goal. 
that you're thinking of a couple of years later. But yeah. when you and I were listening to this game when they, he was in Montreal. It was the first time I'd ever we knew about Phil, but we didn't know about Tony. And uh, yeah. we were listening to this game at your house just on the radio. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. a great game. And it was a scoreless game, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting back to baseball, uh, Little League World Series we're going to have this year again uh, without international teams because of the COVID restriction. And so what they're going to do is put uh, 16 teams in, the top two from the eight regions, regional. So those regionals are underway now. And, yeah, they're um, still gonna. Yeah, they're still gonna play the regional finals. So you still have a winner and loser, but it determines yeah. your seating. It determines right. seating for the. For those, so they're still. Yeah, because they're a lot of a lot of them are going to win. So <laughs> yeah, 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 and in in two weeks, uh, you'll have the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball crew there, and they'll be amazing. That's always a fun night. one to watch too. Yeah, yeah it is. Because yeah. you see those little kids, and they talk yeah. to them there at the they they bust them all to the game Sunday night. Twenty yeah, the twenty ninth is when it is. That's always a fun. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be. Not It'll be the Angels, and I forget who they're playing, and they're going to showcase Shohei Otani, of course. Okay. Oh, so the cool. World Series is from uh, the tw- at 19th through the 29th, and last time there were no international uh, teams. 1975, they banned teams because teams from Taiwan might have been from the wrong districts or something, so apparently they didn't let any international uh, teams come over. But uh, anyway, so that that's uh, happening. So that's kind of fun because you have more of a U.S. thing. You know, it's just they get 16 teams of our team, you know, in there, and then that's kind of good. I'm sure that when they have the international games, it's not. I think the ratings will be pretty good because you're going to have uh, markets all over the place. They'll be have some interest. Actually, it'll you know? be the 22nd. I think is the game because it's always the first Sunday of the World Series. Okay, okay. They, oh, but the series right. runs from yeah. the 19th yeah. to the 29th. Yeah. Now we mentioned yeah. Anthony Rizzo out with COVID, um, and you know, again, again, I, I think I've said this, but the baseball policy is stupid. Apparently, Rizzo was vaccinated, so he's got the disease. Okay, he, you've got a lot of players that aren't. He, vaccinated. That must have been recent. What, because, he yeah, he said all year long. Oh, no, I'm what? sorry. He's not. No, no, I'm sorry. He's right. Not. He's I'm not. thinking of Venable. You know, Venable is. And again, he's got it. Not only does he, he has to stay in Canada. He can't yeah, even come 14 back. 14 days, he said. Yeah. So yeah. he can't come back. Rizzo's not vaccinated. No. But what I think should happen is that the players who, you know, they should go by symptoms for the players who aren't vaccinated and, you know, do the you know, quarantines for the ones who are, uh, you know, the one, in other words, the ones who are should get a benefit and they should be able to play yeah. sooner and, and do whatever. That's the way football, I think, is going to do it. And baseball is not going to do Yeah, that's that the way way. They're doing it. Yep. Yeah. So, so Venable, but, uh, Chris has to stay in Canada for two weeks. Yes. Yes. Yep. I did not hear that. Yes. And, and again, they were lucky that they were going to Canada. So everybody got tested because everybody gets tested when they go and they wouldn't, it could have spread, you know, over a few more days if they'd gone somewhere else, you know, while everybody was hanging around and they might've had a real outbreak, but well, Venable and the, uh, what happened to the first base coach there, Rick? Is he, uh, they haven't seen him around either, but I, I'm not sure whether he's, uh, yeah, got it or not. It like he had to stay as good long. One. I don't know why, but yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't, he was not around a couple of days there. Yeah. Uh, Chris sale, as I say, is going to start on Saturday against the Oregon. Let's start him off against you. See, work them in kind of slow. Uh, and Perry, I wanted you to talk about, you said you read an, an athletic article about uh, people wanting, well, this the, issue of doing games on monitors and what the thinking is and what, what people are afraid of and so forth. It's kind a of, lot we of, talked about it before, but we did, know. we did. And a lot of the broadcasters have the same fear that Jason Benetti, of course, voiced a few weeks ago. A lot of the radio broadcasters have this fear that, that doing these games on monitors, just when the pandemic goes, may not go away because the companies can save money doing that. They'll let you travel maybe to the closer in games, but they can save money doing the games on the monitors. Now, what makes no That's sense about what makes no sense about that is they're doing games on monitors in the major leagues, but in AAA, our guy has traveled all year. There's not right. been a series that he has not gone to personally. 
same thing with my caps. You've been traveling. Yeah, so it's ridiculous, and there's mistakes made. Even the best, even the Will Fleming the other day, he he kind of apologized to everybody because he he couldn't tell there were different times he thought, well, um, who was it hit once? He kind of threw. I was Bogarts, I think, hit one kind of threw the bat away, and so he thought it was going to go, but it got caught on the warning track. And, and NFL said, are tra- and he said NFL it would have been nice if they showed the ball. He said they were showing the pitcher's reaction to what had happened. They weren't showing the ball. I, I honestly believe. I honestly believe that baseball announcers on radio or TV, what, what, they should be able to travel because they can't really do their jobs. No, and know? they don't. They're yeah, not around the batting track. practice. They're not seeing the team. Another thing they do is like. You know, they look at them, maybe they get a pregame feed for batting practice, and they see they look pretty determined today. But, you know, they could talk to them, and they could say, you know, especially when a team's struggling or, you know, they've got, still got a good attitude or they're really getting upset or this one really wants it. You know, they'd get extra quotes. They're there, and, you and know. Plus, and plus, all the announcers talk to one another. They exchange right. information. They can't right. do it this way. No. So Brock Holt has made another pitching appearance. Oh, my God. I, I watched this on Saturday, Chris. Go, go ahead and tell them. The Brock star, we call him yeah. around here. Cause he, hey, he's a cool. He's going to be, I, I predict right here on, uh, of course, I'm the same guy who said we wouldn't have the Olympics this year. But I predict that Brock Holt, if he wants to, will be in the media. He is great. I don't know if you've ever heard him speak. He's very articulate. He's got a great voice. He, you know, he's just, uh, he totally gets it. He's a really smart guy, fun guy. He threw, however, a 31-mile-an-hour fastball the other day. <laughs> and they were saying it was funny in the article about it. It said, if you take a, a like a ball off some paper and throw it in the trash uh, bin by you, you're probably throwing it faster than he did. <laughs> so so he it was Oakland was ahead of uh, Texas 12-3, uh, to 3, and Brock Holt came in for the Rangers. And he did get a scoreless in- inning, and uh, six pitches slower than 40 miles an hour. Yep. He's got it, he, he got it up to 77 one time. And it, uh, he had a 13.5 ERA so I'm sh- in his career, so I'm sure he cut big time into that. So yeah. good for Brock. Well, and, and what was funny, after the inning was over, you know how the umpires check the pitchers these days? For, yeah. <laughs> for, uh, he took his cap off, took his glove off, and he said, here, want to check it out? And, he, the umpire, <laughs> no, no, and the umpire just laughed, and he said, no. <laughs> oh, I've heard him on many interviews. He is one of, if Joe Castiglione had to give you, like, a top 20, top 10 Red Sox, uh, guys he likes. Brock Holt is right there. He's he's really a cool guy. Uh, that was his third appearance. Uh, you know, uh, this I guess I don't know this year or whatever. Yeah, so, and, uh, Glenn, and Glenn Kuyper and Dallas Braden, who who are doing A's TV now. That you know, uh, Ray Fossey's not there. Dallas Braden has has been on and off, and they were having a they were having a, a fun with the whole thing. They thought yeah. it was great. You know, and and then Freddie Freeman left a game the other day uh, with upper respiratory problems. So whether that's an indication. Yeah. Now, of Perry, we haven't serious. heard anything new on that, have we? I I have not heard anything new on that. No. Okay. Okay. So that's it as far as I know for baseball. Anybody else? Well, let's talk about this other thing of baseball getting in its own way. This happened after our show Tuesday. Of course, we had the Astros Dodgers show, the Astros showing up at Dodgers Stadium and the trash cans on Tuesday night. Oh, it's a field. They went all over the place. They, I mean, Wednesday they had some, but Tuesday it was really nuts. Major League Baseball. Now, I know there's a debate. You can play this on weekends. But if you're going to have nationally televised games on a, on a weeknight, why not try to have the best matchups? Because other leagues, if they see a matchup on a certain night that looks good before the season, that will be their big TV game, whether it be TNT on Tuesday or Thursday, ESPN on Wednesday, Friday for the NBA, same thing. And, you know, with the hockey, they're trying to – okay, you knew this was coming for 19 months. Fox Sports 1 and ESPN, those nights, Tuesday and Wednesday, had – 
Boston, Detroit one night, St. Louis and Atlanta the other night. Astros, Dodgers, both nights were on MLB Network, and if you're in those two cities, you don't get MLB Network. And a lot of people in both those cities, we all know about the horrible Dodgers TV package, how a lot of people who don't have Spectrum don't get Sportsnet LA, and then kind of the same thing with the AT&T Sportsnet Houston. Uh, Like here, AT&T Sports Houston does not have a deal with the Spectrum customers, so people like Austin, San Antonio, Corpus Christi don't get it. I don't know if they have a deal with Comcast in Houston, because Comcast is their provider, but now I know it was a 10 o'clock game, but if you're Fox Sports 1, ESPN, you go, Let's, we're picking this game up. We're going to move it up. Start it at 6 o'clock. Well, I think the, time, the thing you really do is make it a weekend series and have no. it Saturday night because it was a two-game series. No. The rotation was for a two-game series, and you have it Saturday night on Fox at 7.15 well, and Sunday night on ESPN. But then, but then here's the thing. You're, you're saying only our weekend games are important. If you have a good They're the ones that draw the fans. Well, you'll draw you'll draw the fans because people that are that are they're going to flip over to Fox. I mean, they're going to you're going to get more of them than you are Boston, Detroit, and especially this year. I mean, nothing against Boston, but they're both down. St. Louis and Atlanta. No, no, the Boston's down. You know, no. Yeah, but they're all not. not right. None of them are doing. You're going to get. No, no, that's not true. That, the Braves are doing well. The Red Sox are doing well. They made a mistake. They should have had it on the weekend, and they should have had it um, on Saturday and Sunday no. because what you with going to the NFL. My example is the standalone factor. They are playing the Brady-Belichick game on October 3rd. What's October 3rd? Baseball games will be over. They're going to all start at 3.05. They'll be over. There's no hockey. There's no basketball. There's no nothing. That is going to get such ratings all over the the country. It's going to be amazing. Here's the problem, though, on Saturday and if they had done it this past Saturday and Sunday, here's the problem. You would have gone head-to-head against the NFL Hall of Fame both nights. You also would have gone head to head against. I mean, granted, no one was watching the Olympics anyway, but you had the Olympics where. But so they would. But Tuesday, Wednesday night, yes, you have other games, but other leagues. The NBA has matchups, key matchups on Thursdays when there's other games, and on Wednesdays on ESPN. They have if they they look at what they think is going to be their biggest matchup, and they give them the. They, they have fewer ESPN. games. The NBA always clears things out pretty good for Thursday they night, do. and they also yeah. But Wednesday on ESPN, Wednesday's a busy night. Tuesday on. On TNT, right. it's kind of a busy but night. But they didn't have but to have it that weekend. They could have found – the Astros go to the West Coast well, all the time because well, they're in the American Midwest. What you're saying yeah, is – Basically, what we're saying is they probably – We all agree they blew it. We all agree they blew it. They probably right. should have had it on the weekend. But if they were going – hypothetically, if they absolutely were not going to have it on the weekend, they should have flexed yeah. it on where it got onto TV. That's, yeah, that's right. We all agree on that. Should have had it on the weekend. We do. I don't know. Okay. I think it's basically yeah. <laughs> So speaking of the NFL, one minute. One other baseball thing. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, we mentioned last week how uh, Terry Francona left the Indians, you know, for health reasons. Well, this week he had a hip replacement surgery. Oh. Okay. Which is, I mean, it's not a nice thing to go through, but I was worried there was something more serious than that. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's good. And uh, he's resting comfortably, as I always say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in the NFL, we have a few things. Josh Allen extension with Buffalo, six years for two hundred fifty-eight million, and uh, one hundred fifty million of that is guaranteed. So he's going to be okay. Yeah. Will not starve. Aaron Rodgers is last uh, year in Green Bay. They've agreed that they're going to, I guess, do a, like a sign and trade sort of kind of thing. Uh, you know, they'll still. Yeah, They'll be involved with where he goes, but uh, yeah. they will but make sure get, he gets, he gets his money. To choose. He, gets he gets to choose, to choose where but he they, get, they get uh, compensated because there's still time left, I guess. Right. Do it. So, uh, so sort of like a sign and trade like the basketball. Uh, okay, and now we were going to mention this about TuneIn and the NFL games. Perry, what's going on with that on the radio? Uh, Bill, you're going to want to help with this. The NFL is back on TuneIn. Remember, TuneIn had all the sports. 
and then they they kind of lost everything right basically about the same time but the nfl is back on tune and technically so is the nhl but the nhl let their station stream anyway so that really doesn't matter yeah, no but the nfl is and uh, the package it is either if you want to buy it by the year on your computer it is uh, $100 on your computer, or it's $10 a month. So probably if you did it that way, you'd be cheaper to just to get the year because you're going to pay $20 more if you go by the month. And, and, Bill, and we you, don't know the what did you we say? Don't. What did you say, Bill, about uh, on your devices? You can also get it for your Lady A device, and probably I'm not sure about Google um, because they. Google's always a little late to the dinner, whatever the case may be. But it's like three two ninety nine a month that you can have it on your Lady A device. I would well, that's for TuneIn Live. I used to have that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know now, about now one thing to remember though, like for like Bill, for you and me, if you ha- if we would have it, you would probably want to get it through your computer so that you at least have have the the means of listening on the computer or the device if you want to because i think if you get it through the device i don't think you can listen it on your computer no you cannot and because it's at a reduced rate but they'll probably pick up other sports now i think the deal with iheart has really boosted them and i would bet so because iheart I'm guessing what they're going to do is them and iHeart are both going to all pop it, and you know, and they're all going to yeah. they're all going to put in a little bit. And they're all going to make a little bit. One thing I don't know, and I assume Bill that they will do this, but I don't know that. Once the regular season starts, I assume you'll be able to, if a game it was played on week one, you can listen, go back and, and listen to it. it between right. Week. I'll, yeah, I I'll, I'll check into that for you. We've also got one other breaking NFL, and this would probably go to Rick. I don't know much about the injured reserve list, but I guess now, instead of you know, when your player has to be out for eight weeks now, now that's changed to three, and you can pull unlimited players off of that injured oh. reserve list. Yeah, they changed that. Yeah, yeah, that okay. just happened today. Now, what yeah. does that mean? You know, I don't. I wonder if yeah. some of that, if they're giving them a little leeway there because, because of COVID, maybe of the COVID, COVID. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the question is, it's three. I assume three. It doesn't start till the regular season. So if you're on that, that's three weeks for the regular season, right? Right. That's the way it's going to work. Yeah. 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 And we also had another signing in the NFL. And I forget the guy's name. It was a linebacker for the Colts. I know he was negotiating his contract. Oh yeah. yeah but it, Leonard. Yeah. Leonard. That's it. Yeah. Ninety-nine. Um, uh, five years, ninety-nine million. So uh, okay. he's, he's is that an extension? He was already with the Colts. Ex- that's yeah. an extension. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Extension. So yeah. So probably what they're going to do is, and I wonder if they can designate if they're going to. Maybe they'll just put. They'll wait probably till the regular season, for example, to put Carson Wentz on the you know injured list, and then just yeah. go from there. You know. Oh, and also for those that have possibly H- be back by the right beginning of the regular yeah. season, probably not. For, the, for those that have HBO, tonight begins Hard Knocks. Yeah. And it features the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And that'll yep. be on at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And that normally runs for like four or five weeks. So for those of you that are interested in the series, hard and not. And they re-show it throughout the week. Also. And, uh, yeah, and all, they'll, but all the replays will be on HBO Max, I believe. So, um, 
So okay. there, there you go. So we had some Hall of Fame ceremonies, so we can list some of the inductees. Hopefully we don't miss anybody. Yeah. The 2020 class, we had uh, Bill Nunn, who is uh, apparently an executive. Actually, uh, he, went in, he went in as part of the 21 class, Chris. He did? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he got on this part of the list, uh, but he okay. was an executive with the Pittsburgh Steelers, anyhow. And he did, yeah, he didn't, they had some people that they didn't, that they didn't show speeches of, some of the executives and some of those, they, they put them in possibly or whatever, because, yeah, and some of those other names I did not necessarily get, because right. some of the, they were, you know, minor, but it was a total uh, of Yeah, I, I didn't, I both. didn't list all those names because they didn't give them all. They, they, the Hall of Fame, with, with the two classes combined, put in 28 people. So, right. Yeah. So then Bill Cower went in, uh, Jimmy Johnson, of course, coach of the, of the uh, Cowboys and uh, briefly the Dolphins. Cliff Bill Harris. Bill Cower, the Steeler. And then yep. Bill Cower, the Steelers. Cliff Harris from the Dallas Cowboys, defensive back. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Troy Palomalu for the Steelers, linebacker. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, d- defensive back. Defensive back. Okay. Steve Atwater yep. for Denver. I forget what position he played. Safety. Uh, d- uh, d- he was safety. safety. Okay. Yep. Uh, Edger and James, running back, of course, for the Colts, part of their, their you know, you talk about we talk about the greatest show on turf but we, you had him and you had uh, was was Falk there at the same time Rick with Edger no, and James uh, they, they, no, they got they traded he got traded yeah. yeah okay but I mean you had Marvin Harris and you had Peyton Manning and you had Edger and James so that was yeah. quite a Reggie quite Wayne a, and Reggie Wayne yeah. uh, another great wide receiver Isaac Bruce for the Rams uh, the greatest yep. show on turf I think uh, he's a good see. example of someone who, who should have been earlier yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Harold Carmichael for the for the Eagles. Yeah, he uh, should have been a lot earlier, also. T- Paul Tagliabue, why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There, because uh, he's a commissioner. I think all your commissioners get. I think it's like a thing, you know. Unless yeah. you're, <laughs> unless you're um, General Eckert or somebody, you get into the Hall of Fame if you were the commissioner. What was the guy guy from California there that was a commissioner for two years in baseball in the eighties? Oh, Peter Ubarov. Peter Ubarov. Yeah, but if you're you're anybody who's you know, who, you, if you don't make everybody mad, you'll get in the Hall of Fame eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve. Uh, Hutchison and uh, I'm not and sure he who. was an offensive guard from Minnesota, Seattle. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Donnie Shell for the Raiders, defensive back. Steelers, the one that Steelers. got in a lot sooner. Yeah, oh, Donnie Shell was for the Steelers. I'm thinking of yeah. Art Shell. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo Colburn, and I forget who uh, who he uh, played. Jimbo Colbert was the Bears, uh, Bears offensive, offensive guard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, with the Super Bowl team. Yeah, and yeah. then there was one weird thing that uh, Sean pointed out that Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson uh, were both one and two for the Heisman Trophy. They both got in the Hall of Fame on the same uh, that's day. That's correct. I think that was from 1998 college season. I think they, that's they were so when they drafted yeah. in '99. Mm-hmm. Okay, 2021. Oh, and then John Lynch was forgotten before. Yeah, John was, Lynch, uh, also a yeah. safety, safety for yeah. Tampa Bay and Denver. Yeah. Right, and now he's a GM for the 49ers, right? That's correct. Yep. 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 2021, we had Drew Pearson, wide receiver for the Cowboys. That took a while. Yeah, he was he another one that was too long. long. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tom Flores, the quarter well quarterback and then coach for the Raiders, also quarterback for the he got traded for Daryl LaMonica. Yep. <laughs> and and then but he didn't play as much in Buffalo. He was there, but Jack Kemp I think did most of the play. And but, he was the backup in Kansas City when Kansas City won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl four. Okay. He was the yeah. fir- and he's the first Mexican born NFL Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. okay. All right. So, and and he, he and he definitely waited too long. And he was a good he was a good con man with the Raiders too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Peyton Manning of course got in. 
uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron for the Lions. Yep. Uh, Alan Fanica, off offensive guard for the Steelers and the Jets. And I, uh, I did hear the. Uh, I really didn't watch much of it, but I saw Chris Berman introducing him, and he played against the Steelers with the Jets in the championship game that time. So that, that was is correct. Good. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Charles Woodson, as we talked about, Oakland, Green Bay, and then back to Oakland again. Right. And uh, so let's see who else we got here. Um, got a few more, I think. Uh, okay. Who's this? Uh, oh, oh no, I guess that's it for the ones yeah, we have for the, uh, yeah. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. 21 was a lot shorter. Remember 20 had the 20 people for the hundred years of the NFL. So yeah, the 12 players, coaches, those people, plus all the right. other minor that they yeah. didn't show. So that's why, that's why you had a lot more. And that's why it was longer on uh -huh. Saturday than it was on Sunday. Did okay. You Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. We do. Hold on. Oh, oh Bill, okay. go ahead. Did you guys mention Edwin James? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear very, You know what? I thought he had a very good speech, too, Ed, 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 Ed. Yes, he did. Yes, um, he did. Pierre has his hand up. So, Pierre, if you want to go ahead and unmute, we okay. will be able to hear you. Yes. While he's doing that, I can just quickly say the Arizona. If you want to go bet on sports of any kind in 2022, you can go to the Arizona Cardinals well, Stadium and do it there. Yeah. And, 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 and it's also going to happen at the arena for the Suns also. Yes, that's right. Yes. Go, ahead, go ahead, Pierre. Uh, well, uh the news in Louisiana is that 67% of the people aren't vaccinated, but Mike the Tiger had his second vaccine shot <laughs> and yeah. he's fully vaccinated. So, that is uh, important, Jenna. <laughs> yeah, that is important for the people in Louisiana. It is. That's right. But, uh, okay. But this is the first um, year that I'm really looking forward to, to the preseason for the Saints because is it is it going to be uh, Jameis? Or is it going to be Taysom? Right. And so, you know, all the other coaches, they're not going to play their quarterbacks. They're starting nope. quarterback very No, long. the Pack. in fact, Pierre, the Packers announced today that Aaron Rodgers will not play during the preseason. No, but not I mean, at all. So, but I mean, so, they're, going to, they're going to have to play the two. Yeah, same season. with the Patriots. You know, they got to play these guys, you know. Exactly. Well, I, now, now, wait, now, wait, wait a minute. Now, Pierre, okay. you're looking forward to the Saints. We know the true reason that you're looking forward to the Saints, right, because the Cubs are not any good. The Cubs aren't any good. The Mets aren't any good. They're all crap. So let's get the football going. No, 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 Pierre. Uh, Pierre, in, in honor of our good buddy John, are you going to be like him and stick a fork in the Mets this early? I'm you know, I, if he I if he were fork. around, he would have stuck a fork in the Dodgers at the All Star break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I stuck a fork in him about two weeks ago. Both of them. Yeah. Well, it's too early for the official fork. You know, we have to wait. But uh, okay, Rick has done it to the Red Sox, so we'll do. see. You can't officially do it, but I can't. Right now, <laughs> now I will. Yeah. I will tell you though, Pierre. I, it, it, as bad as the Cubs are now, they do, there is good news on the way. Justin Steele, he yes, he lost the game, but they're still having the same problem as they can't hit. So, if they would score some, it would have scored some runs for him. They had the bases loaded, and I think one out in the third inning, and they just got one run on a walk. Yeah, but um, but like the Mets, the the hitting and the pitching has both gone sour at the same time. And there's nobody picking the other one up. Well, when were they hitting? And you got to be, they... be worried about DeGrom, don't you, Pierre? Right. Pierre, when were they hitting? Well, uh, when they were hitting when they when the the main players were hurt. And they and brought the, the guys AAA up. guys came up, huh? Yeah. AAA guys came up. They did really well. Then when whenever J.D. Davis and all of them came back and they sent the other guys down, they hadn't hit since. And okay. Javi, and Javi, is he is bias hurt here? Is yes, he yeah, is. he got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt right. Sunday. Right. Wow. 
Yeah, well, Mets and Red Sox. And we have a whole bunch of, in our baseball group on the phone system, we have a whole bunch of unhappy people with Red Sox oh, and Mets fans. <laughs> yeah. And everything. Uh, okay. All right. Any more NFL from anybody? Oh, yeah, well, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, Go ahead, Rick. Before, Rick. before Rick, let me mention, because they brought this up on Saturday. Peyton brought, on Sunday, Peyton brought it up in his speech, actually. Peyton Manning did. And actually, he had a funny speech. He talked about oh, when great. he's 65, he's going to see Tom Brady going into yeah. the Hall of Fame. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and he took some stuff. He goes, uh, Ray Lewis's speech just ended and stuff like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they shortened it. But anyway, him and Eli are going to be doing a thing. I think it's going to be on ESPN, oh, yeah. too. First, yeah. there's the, and what they're going to do if you don't care about the game, or if, you know you're not really, you can still put Kevin Harlan on the Westwood One and hear him. But Peyton and Eli, they're going to sit around like they're sitting at a bar watching the game and just talking and telling stories. And they're going to have guests come on with them. And you know, yeah, they're going to do it ten, was, for ten weeks. Yeah, that'll be on ESPN too. By the way, if yeah. anybody's interested yeah. in watching. So it. this is what for Monday night games or for Monday yeah. night games? Do it for yeah. ten Monday night games. Okay. All right, what, well, so Rick, what do you want to Well, by the way, Peyton, you know, Peyton's getting a lot of uh, buzz here after his speech about maybe being the next commissioner. Yep. A yeah. um, couple of minor si- uh, signings. Uh, the Raiders signed Gerald McCoy, the ex-Tampa Bay Buck, who was... Oh, I was going to mention that. Thank yeah. you, Rick. He was going to play for the Cowboys last year, but he got injured before the season started. Uh, Arizona uh, signed E.O. Smith, the ex-running back from the Falcons. The Falcons signed uh, Devontae Foreman, who was a promising rookie running back for Houston a couple years ago, but he blew blew out his Achilles, so he's trying to make a comeback. Um, There's a bunch of minor injuries, but it's tough in in, uh, in preseason because the teams don't have to tell you anything about the injuries. And uh, the the Raiders, they also brought in one of the former Seattle linebackers, and I I forget his name, but he didn't sign. But they're they're still trying to work out a deal with him. Uh, uh, Gus Bradley is trying to bring any good quality defensive players in because this Raiders defense is – it needs a lot of help, and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has even said he wants to play for the Raiders, but they have to fix their defense. So that's what the Raiders are trying to do. So, well, so anyway, yeah, Julio Jones, just, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Traquan Smith, Hunter Henry—they all have injuries, but none, nobody's saying that anybody's going to miss. Yeah, any I, I think Hunter Henry so has a shoulder. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, every year the NFL make certain rules that they're going to emphasize that year. They announced today that the one they're going to work on this year is they really want to emphasize the taunting rule. And two uh, taunting penalties in the same game will be an automatic disqualification. Okay. And then there's a couple of there's a couple injury stories that are kind of interesting. Uh, Dak Prescott, <laughs> Jerry Jones went to the Texas Rangers to get information on pitchers with throwing injury because he, he didn't think they had good information about a quarterback with a throwing a shoulder injury. And the Texas Rangers told him that Instead of instead of you know working them back slowly, they sh- they told them they should go cold turkey, and and just shut them down for a while and, and really heal the injury. The, he's got a shoulder strain. Of course, you know Jerry Jones does this a couple of days ago, and today Dak Prescott was out in the field throwing lightly. So yeah, you know, yeah. And the uh, the, the Mike, we talked about Michael Thomas I think last week how he had, at the end of the season he was supposed to have surgery on his ankle. He decided to try to rehab it, and it went months before he finally had the surgery. And now he's going to be out to like at least middle or the end of October. Well, he he posted a, a, a tweet this week that said something like, um, they they try to ruin your reputation and you lie to save theirs. 
I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing there because yeah, the receipts uh, have come out and said that they, they tried calling him all this time when he didn't get the surgery and he wasn't getting back to them. So it sounds like there could be uh, some problems there between uh, Michael Thomas and the Saints. Yeah. And Chris, you might want to read the preseason schedule. Oh, that's right, Robert. Well, I had, before we get wh- to that, while you're doing, whoa, 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 oh, wait, wait. all right, uh, Jamal, go ahead, Barry. <laughs> Jamal is trying to get in. So Jamal okay. Mute. Hello, how are y'all doing? Hey, Jamal. A couple of things here. You were talking about Jerry McCoy being signed by Raiders being a minor deal. I wouldn't necessarily call him a minor a minor deal if he's healthy. He's a hell of a player. Too bad the well, Bears didn't try to make a move on him. The the reason why it's uh, being called a minor deal is because of the lack of money that he's going to be receiving. That's yeah. Because uh, let's face it, if Gerald McCoy was healthy, uh, he you wouldn't have had to sign him in August. You would have signed him on the first yeah. day of free agency. So there's also right. an age thing, and he didn't play all last year. Yeah. yeah. Right, and and number two now talking about the my favorite sport. The Major League Baseball, the White Sox. It looks like they're rolling again. Uh, yeah, they and, are. I, I watched them on Sunday night, Jamal, and I'm not looking forward to next week at yeah. all. And, and, and hopefully they can go on a long winning streak, try to get back in the race to grab the American League, best record in the American League. And also well, they're not far out. Field. They're about two games behind Houston. That's not bad. Yep. Well, well I, I want them to have home field against Houston. Because I don't necessarily want to go down to Houston right during there, the playoffs. So, so, yeah. Well, hopefully right, well, you don't have to worry about Houston and we can pass them up, Jamal. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that's Jamal, what are, you, I mean, what are you hearing about Dalton and Fields? Dalton, well, it, it's an interesting battle. Right now they're saying that Dalton's probably going to win the job, but who yeah. knows? Uh, but, but, yeah. the, but, but, but the Bears' concern <laughs> is about their, off, their offensive line because they've had some injuries. They're in training camp with, at the right tackle position. So their team's are very concerned right. about that. And yeah. you're talking about Jimbo Cooper going to the Hall of Fame. He's a right, he was a right tackle, not a guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I'm but sorry. I, yeah, right but I mean, But I mean that uh, – so I hope that the Bears can get their offensive line healthy. I hope – the health is going to be key with the Bears because yeah. they stay healthy and either quarterback plays well, it could be an interesting season. But if – but if it's a bad, but if there's a lot of injuries and the quarterback play is garbage, then they're going to have a problem playing simple. The Bears could win anywhere between six and eleven games. Okay, that sounds fair. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you know all this talk we had since the draft about number one uh, draft picks quarterbacks, and we could end up at the beginning of the season with Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones all not starting, but sixth round pick Sam Ellinger starting. Well, and, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And well, another thing, and I was going to ask both of you Patriots guys about this because I read this in the Globe, and in an article that Globe had last week, Bill Belichick it sounded like uh, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but uh, as long as Cam Newton can walk. He's going to start, you know. So I, I think the way it, it works, and I think this is this tends to be if it's if it's at all close. I think what a coach is going to do is you throw the rookie in there, and he gets pounded around. They're zero and four. Then yeah. you've really lost everything. You, you're if if it's close, you probably should start the veteran. I think that's what you kind of have to do. You know. Yeah. Well, first of all, and then, who are you calling yeah, a Patriot guy? <laughs> well, that's right. Here, well, he's, yeah. He's just, yeah, I know. Um, I, I knew you were going to say yeah. something about that. I know. But the, um, it seems like that from all the writers you hear around here that they believe there is no way that he will play Jones 
until after the, at least after the Tampa Bay game, that he wants no part of having a rookie in there against Tampa Bay. Right. Okay. Uh, week, the week four. Yeah. One news item we missed, the Josh Allen uh, extension. No, I meant, uh, no, he mentioned that. First thing I said. Yeah, oh, you did mention I missed that. Yeah. 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 Okay, and, uh, so the preseason schedule, week one of the preseason, they never count the Hall of Fame game as part of yeah. the, a week. So here we go. And, of course, what you're going to see is interconference games. You're going to see close teams, teams that aren't traveling too far. So we have Washington at the Patriots, 7.30 p.m. on Thursday night. We have Pittsburgh at Philadelphia, 7.30 p.m. also on Thursday. Friday, the August 11th, we have Tennessee at Atlanta, uh, 7 p.m. Buffalo at Detroit, 7 p.m. That's a traditional game. They always play that. Dallas at Arizona, 10 p.m. on Friday. And I, that might be it for Friday. It's I'm kind of strange this year. Usually Thursday and Friday are the big days, but there's like 10 yeah. games yeah. on Saturday. No, Saturday yeah. is the big day this and week. And Dallas, mm-hmm. Dallas always does a West since they train out in Oxnard, California. Yep. They always try yeah. to do one out there in that area. Yeah. Yep. Okay, on Saturday we have Miami at Chicago, 1 p.m. Uh, Denver at Minnesota, 4 p.m. So you got a nice Saturday afternoon football thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Cleveland yep. at Jacksonville, 7 p.m. And they're not all, not all real close. But we have New Orleans at Baltimore, 7 p.m. Uh, we have the Jets and the Giants. First, I don't think they've ever played the first game for the preseason. No. <laughs> uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Cincinnati at Tampa Bay, 7.30 p.m. We have uh, Houston at Green Bay, 8 p.m. No Aaron Rodgers, as we said. Kansas City at San Francisco, that is at 10, uh, 10 30, 8.30. 8.30, yeah. I don't see any uh, national TV on any of these. So no. Uh, no I don't think so. Those two no. standalone NFL games will probably be announced on network. Yeah. Network. Well, and, and, and NFL be a, Network will tell one NFL Network game on Saturday night, probably. Yeah. And NFL yeah. Network will televise all the preseason games, right. but you, have, you have to look and yeah. see when your yeah. team's yeah. going to yeah. be on. And they have, they're doing twenty-three of them live. So. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, yeah. so, so they might be doing and probably. Uh, I'm sure probably they're doing Chris, all those Saturday afternoon. Yeah. yeah, and probably Chris, the, if you have in your local area, you probably mm-hmm. will get. Uh, games on some of your local stations. I know yeah, your local syndicate, your local syndicated Packers will have them. Yeah, well, here we normally get the Bears, with. the Packers, the Vikings, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. around around here we'll get 49ers all the time. It'll you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have Seattle at Las Vegas. Speaking of the Raiders, 9 p.m. and yep. we have the Chargers at the Rams at 10 p.m. Sunday we have one game. Carolina at Indianapolis. That's at 1 p.m. So you get to yep. practice football on Sunday afternoon <laughs> again. So that's. <laughs> You'll probably have a quadruple header live on the NFL Network on Saturday and a yeah, double I'm header sure. on Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably. I'm sure you're going to have on one of the games maybe Thursday, one Friday, maybe. You know that kind well, of no, thing. I think two. I think two on Friday, a seven and a ten, and the Dallas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's Dallas right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay. So we got any more NFL? No. I think that's it. Okay. Rick, do you have any more? No, that's it. Okay. All right. NBA. DeMar DeRozan uh, signed with Chicago. He was with San Antonio. That Oklahoma. was a sign and trade, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma City bought out uh, Kemba Walker's contract, and it'll go to the Knicks. So, uh, and Kawhi Leonard is back to the Clippers. Uh, you know, he's uh, coming off that foot injury, so he'll be out for a while, but he is coming back to the Clippers. He's getting an extension. We don't know the terms of it yet. Reggie Jackson is getting two years for $22 million with the Clippers. Yeah, to stay uh, there. Uh, yep, that's right. They're both going to be there this year. Uh, actually, the Clippers, uh, you know, going coming back uh, pretty strong. Uh, okay, and so Draymond Green is the second. Uh, he's won his second gold medal, and he the players who've won uh, more than one gold and more than one title are Michael Jordan, uh, David Robinson, Kevin Durant. 
Scottie Pippen, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and uh, Dramont Green. And, and uh, I think this more, is Durant Circle also. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. his third, he's got two championships and three golds. Okay, um, and uh, so, yeah. three titles and, and two gold. Those players are Michael Jordan, uh, Scottie Pippen, Kobe, uh, LeBron, and Green. Yeah, and uh, more Warriors news. Andre Iguodala is coming back to the Bay. They signed him to a minimum uh, deal, so he left Miami to be back with the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. All right. Luca Luca signed a Supermax $207 million deal. Yeah, five-year deal. Okay. All right. Okay, and that's all I had on the NBA. Not much there. And nope, the NHL, no. other than that announcement about Mike Lang, basically they had, you know, they did their expansion draft, their regular draft, and their free agency. And I think everybody got like two weeks off. Uh, uh, a lot of goal, a lot of goaltenders have re-signed with the teams that they were currently with. So, okay. you know, uh, like Shesterkin for the Rangers got a four-year deal with worth twenty-two million. Uh, the Capitals they uh, re-signed the goal, goalie that they uh, got from Seattle. Because uh, he was one of their goaltenders last year, they gave him a one-year deal. Uh, things like that. Not much happened in hockey, yeah. as far as yeah. Is, yeah. Yep. Okay. So for college sports, uh, so Sean, you were talking about men and women and trying to make the NCAA uh, sites equal when for the basketball tournaments for the men and women. Oh basketball. yeah. Well, and you remember this story that came back out in March? We talked about it about how the women were complaining that they noticed their bubble, the weight, the weight rooms were not equal to the men's, and there was there was a lot of Stink raised about it, and you know, I mean, frankly, the women they don't make as I mean, much as the men, honestly. I mean, but I see where they're coming. We should have some, you know, something, you know, close because the men bring in about six hundred million, the women bring in about thirty million right now, and I forget the full the law firm, but I know one of the lawyers that was in on this study. It's, it's kind of ironic. His last name was Fink. <laughs> One of the lawyers that did this study, they found out there was a gender inequity, and you know they estimate, as they said, the men bring in six hundred million a year on their TV deal for the men's tournament. They also estimate that the women could get between eighty-one and one hundred and twelve million on their next TV deal, uh, which starts in twenty twenty-four, depending on you know where it goes. They came up. They said, okay, to help. Because they say in college softball and college baseball, it's pretty equal as far as their facilities and what they have for the College World Series. And at first, I thought they were talking about having all the regional sites the same, but apparently they're not doing that, which they can't. And this is actually a good idea because they've been using dome stadiums for the women's tournaments, and the women's tournaments don't get the turnout the men's do. But what they're saying ought to be done is, and it also saves travel, it saves budget, and you make a whole weekend and everybody's there. Both Final Fours at the same spot, at the same dome. And what I would do, of course, you want to have the women Friday and Sunday night because if you have the women Sunday and Tuesday, you know, a lot of people Monday night after the men's championship are going to be out of there. And you do these packages because that's when they announce the next year's Hall of Fame class for the the Basketball Hall of Fame. Usually they have all these other stuff. And you do packages. Say, hey, you you can get a whole package with a whole week and get you into all the men's and all the women's games. And, you know, economically, I mean, it, it makes sense having them both there at the same site. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll now, are they, they still going to? Are they still going to? The first two rounds of the women's tournament, I imagine, are still going to be on home. Still going to be on those local sites. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. The first two weeks will be at all the local sites. Right. But this is just for the final four. This is what they recommended. Now, this is the NCAA. Remember, will hmm. they do it? No. But I bet if all these Power <laughs> Five conferences or whatever step up, they might say we'll do it. 
I don't think the power. I don't think the power fives are going to step up though, because the the women, rightly or wrongly, they they just don't bring in the revenue. And and that was that's another part of the yeah that's another part of the story. They said we give incentives to schools that build up their women's program because honestly, there's about twenty or twenty five women's programs that are even trying. I mean, the SEC, the Big Twelve are both pretty good. I mean, UConn. you know, some of the ACC, the, the Big Ten's, well, the Big, the Big Ten's well. got a few teams. Yeah, Big Ten's is okay, uh, but Pac-12 a lot of, you know, right. there's, it's about 20 to 25 programs that really try to do yep. stuff in women. So, um, speaking of power conferences, the ACC would like to be AAC would like to be one, wouldn't they? <laughs> yes, they would. Oh, yeah. he, he, the commissioner of the AAC spoke up and he said, "Hey, uh, Big Twelve teams." We, you know, we could have y'all. We got a better deal. We got a good deal. We got some good matchups. Uh, we have we have a good organization here in the AC in the AAC. Basically, saying we know more than what you do, both both be. I mean, we're better. We got our yeah. stuff together. And they got rivalries. I mean, there a lot of those teams are right near Pac-12. You know, they're they're they potential rivalries. You know, you're you're not far away. Houston and Memphis yeah, and because, stuff. They're not yeah, far you away put, from those. Yeah, you places. put SMU, SMU TCU back together. Uh, possibly an Oklahoma State Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, if if they if they did that, Kansas State and Wichita State will be playing each other now. I think they're looking at if the five schools who would be left over, let's say Kansas and Iowa State go to the Big Ten and West Virginia goes to the ACC. I think they're talking about those those five schools because that would make it a 16-team league in every sport because you have Navy and football and Wichita State and everything else. So, yep. yeah. okay. What I'm, he- what I'm hearing being is, a- is at least right now, the Big Ten is is not that interested in any of it. No, no, Big Ten is not. In the Pac-12 is just like, oh, we're okay, but you know, Pac-12. Their whole thing is, do they do they change their mind on the religious schools, and do they say, okay, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, come on, that gives us the Dallas Fort Worth market, or do they say, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, y'all give us Dallas Fort Worth, Kansas State. Maybe Kansas or somebody, you could ask Kansas City, which is not a large market. It's smaller than Austin, but I mean, Dallas for what's number five in the country. That That's what they're all looking at. But the AAC is heavily recruited. Yeah. Okay. So people are getting vaccinated. We, we talk about the South and vaccinations aren't good in the South and all that. But they are good in Southern locker rooms. Not only Mike the Tiger, but apparently yeah. 95% of Texas uh, uh, yes. have been uh, vaccinated. And I guess they're doing well in Mississippi. They're all vaccinated at Old Miss. Yeah. Old Miss, yeah, that is correct. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, for Old yeah. Miss, yeah. Nick Saban, ninety percent. Well, this was a couple weeks ago. He said ninety percent at a at a uh, high school coaches convention here in Texas. He said he had ninety percent vaccination. So that could have even gone higher by now. Yeah. But like LSU's about ninety for eighty ninety percent. I thought they're ninety percent. And uh, Mississippi is great. Sixty forty one percent of the state is vaccinated. Twenty six with one shot, and the whole football team is vaccinated. So I think a yeah. lot of this is going to happen in the NFL too, where you actually get teammates together and say, "Come on, guys, let's just do this." You know, and I yeah. think. It becomes a bit of a manly, hey, you know, let's, let's, I did it, I'm fine, go ahead. And, you know, guys get on each other a little bit and friendly rivalry and that kind of thing. So I think that's what's probably going to happen on that. So, and then, Sean, you said the coaches poll came out today. Yes, and I will say this. This is probably the most meaningless of all the polls because you know these coaches are not voting on it. It's somebody in their office voting on these. You know they're not taking the time. So it's pro- But... 
Alabama, of course, number one, 63 of 65 first-place votes. Clemson, they got their number two. They did not get any first-place votes. Oklahoma, number three, they got two first-place votes, the other two first-place. So, and then Ohio State, four. Georgia 5, Texas A&M 6, Notre Dame 7, Iowa State 8, North Carolina 9, and Oregon number 10. So, yeah, and then that's the first poll. We have, I think the AP poll will probably be coming out in the next week or so. Okay, so any and more? I think, uh, that, I think after this week, from this upcoming weekend, I think it's two weeks until we have a few college football games. Well, yeah, yeah, there's some games have. on the 28th. There's a few oh. on the 20th, but it really gets going on third, that Labor Day weekend. Thursday the, the 28th, second. you have some yeah. of those early, early games. So. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a good idea because there's no – I think all the preseason games will be over by that time. So yes. Well, no, the 28th and 29th are still playing. They're, they're not doing that fourth week that they do on that Wednesday and Thursday right before Labor Day. So the 28th Yeah, because preseason's only, preseason's only three weeks. Right, year. so I thought yeah. it would get over on the, around the, the week. No, uh, the last, the, no, the last day of preseason is the 29th because this is week one, which will be, you know, the 12th through the 15th. And then you have week two is the 19th or 22nd, and then 26th or 29th is the – last third week. Right, so they won't. But what I'm saying is they will not be playing on Labor Day weekend like the right. Thursday of Labor Day weekend, so no, they'll be all no. for so, college that so Thursday they'll have some big, So it'll only be college, which usually those those Labor Day weekend games, that was week four. No one played. Yeah, well, no that's, yeah. We had three big injuries. I'll never forget 1989 when the Patriots played everybody in that week, and, and everybody was back then. It wasn't just the Patriots. So they lost like three, yeah. a, a Lippet, a Tippet, and I forget, they lost three guys that night. Garen Veras. And Garen Veras, and they lost them yeah. all that night. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Patriots guy. You remember that. Oh okay. yeah, so, <laughs> it was one of my better one of my better nights as a Patriots fan. <laughs> okay, any more uh, college uh, stuff before we move on to a quick Olympic wrap up? I think that's it. Okay. All right. For the Olympics, we had the basketball, uh, U.S. beat France in the gold medal game, 87-82. So they uh, won their fourth gold medal in a row. So they came out, you know, after having lost that uh, first game and got themselves going. Kevin Durant was the high scorer. And, uh, you know, that uh, that things ended up all well that ends well, I guess. Baseball, however, Japan beat the U.S. 2 to nothing. So they, so they the U.S. got the silver. Baseball and softball. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's right. And they defended their titles. And I guess they'll go back off the Olympic grid now that the uh, Japan that was done for Japan to defend their yeah. titles. I guess right. Yep. So yep. the U.S. won 113 medals, uh, 25 more than China, who had 88, 39 gold. China had 38 gold. And so that uh, was the so. And it was nip and tuck there for a while, but the U.S. pulled away. That's for sure. So okay, uh, that's all I had in the Olympics. Anybody got, got anything yeah. else to say about the Olympics? No, nothing really. Just very no. lowest rated Olympics. I'm glad. Lowest rated um, Olympics ever. They said what? They had they have like seven hundred million streams of the Olympics because oh, a lot yeah. of people at, they're they're hearing the story, so they're going looking right there at work, looking at they heard something good, so they'll go watch some individual. It's the thing. Uh, the answer to right March there. Madness. It's the summer's March Madness. You know, right. all, the, all the people watching the games at work and that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. now they can do it on their phones and stuff. Okay, Robert, why don't you give us a couple of minutes? You you've got more yeah. Canelo Alvarez stories. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, uh, be- before I get into Canelo, uh, since uh, Sean was talking about the women, we have the same thing going on in women's boxing uh because for those that don't follow and i you know look i believe in equal rights and all this kind of stuff but i've just never been excited about women boxing but unfortunately it's something we're going to have to deal with we're going to stick leah lee on you by the way (laughs) well actually i've interviewed her she's a very nice person um but and every time i interview a female I, i express my opinion and some agree with me and some don't but uh because of the different rules that they have to follow uh in a men's fight 
it's three minute rounds, no matter how many rounds it is. Right. But in but in women's, you only fight for two minutes, and uh, a lot of women in boxing are asking for uh, equal. You know, they want equal time. They want to they want to fight three minute rounds just like the men do. Mm-hmm. And I I see nothing wrong with that. So uh, that's something that we're currently dealing with as far as men and women are concerned. But yes, the Canelo story will never end and. Believe me, none of this is his fault. He's willing to he's willing to do what, what, for the most part, what they want him to do. It's it's uh, the promotion company in this case, Premier Boxing Champions, that always gets in the way. But he, as I reported last week, uh, he said he he wanted to have a fight in place this week because he wanted to fight on Mexican Independence Weekend, which is the third weekend in September. Well, that's not going to happen because. Um, his lawyers and advisors who have been advising him have said, look, we know how important it is for you for you to want to make boxing history. To give you a background on Canelo, he started out at, at uh, junior middleweight, 154 pounds. He won three titles. He never could get the fourth because his body would not allow him to stay at 154. He, he kept not making weight. So he went up to 160, won all four of the middleweight belts. He's moved up to 168. He's won three out of the four titles. He wants the fourth title. And see, at 154 and 168, there has never been a unified champion to have all four belts. He wants to become the first in boxing to accomplish this. Since he couldn't do it at 154, he wants to do it at 168. So what they've done is they've reopened negotiations, and they've and Fox is putting a lot of pressure on Premier Boxing champions to get this done because they want the pay per view because Canelo does not fight on TV. If he does, it's normally been on DAZN, and a lot of people don't have it unless you have a smart TV or a Roku or any of those devices that you can hook up your TV. Uh, but Fox really wants this kind of, this money. Uh, because they're going to make a lot of money this week with Manny Pac- or uh, next week with Manny Pacquiao and Earl Spence. They're going to make a lot of money, Fox is, with uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder in October. And so Fox is really pushing uh, the PBC to to give Canelo what he wants and quit making un- uh, quit making stupid demands because they want this fight on their platform because this is the only chance that they're going to get to have them on on their platform and so they're really trying to increase the pressure on them to to uh, get the fight done and they pretty much told Premier Boxing Champions if you don't deliver this fight we're going to end our contract with you okay. and your fighters are going to have to go somewhere else. Okay. So, all right. Well, that's a good update, and uh, we'll yeah. keep an eye on all that. All yep. right. So, time for the poll question. All right. Poll question, which you can call in 646 876 9923, intercode 287 723 4600, pound key twice, star nine, raise your hand, alt line, the theater, more key on the phone. Talking about guys who should be in some of the different Hall of Fames that are left out, or guys that they took too long to get in these. Or I, suppo- that, I suppose, in all honesty, if you can think of a female who should be in something... Yeah, men or yeah. women. Yeah, men or women. Yeah. Any of these sports hall of fame, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I would start with baseball. And basically, I think we did this last year, and it's still yeah. the same. Um, uh, Kurt Schilling should be in. And, uh, you know, well, I think and this will, and 22 will be the last year he's on the writer's ballot. What a, so. what a time, Robert. Wait your turn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all right, Robert. That was good information. Um, and uh, so, so uh, Kurt Schilling, uh, as far as I think, again, I differentiate uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens from the other steroid users because their careers before steroids were fine careers. And, you yeah. know, they, 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 you know, before through 96, he didn't use them here because he was struggling, got him in Toronto somehow. It isn't all in the Dominican Republic, but if you can get him there, they went and took him on to, you know, uh, New York and Houston and everywhere. But uh, through 96, he had a Hall of Fame career. So, and Bo- uh, Barry Bonds did too before he started to hit all those home runs. You knew he did. He was a, you know, good, good average hitter and a me- medium home run hitter. So I think they, they should get in. Uh, the Patriots, I, I said before, Gino Capaletti, you know, he, he was the place kicker. He was a wide receiver. I think somebody ought to look into it, find out about all AFL guys or mostly AFL guys. Like Tom Flory's got delayed here. Uh, you know, so, so I, there's kind of a thing still about the AFL. The guys that uh, played on the AFL, it takes them a lot. So they have to do a lot more work to get in. What uh, happens, Chris, is they have a they have a senior committee right. for, for the Football Hall of Fame, just like the baseball does for the Veterans Committee. And uh, they have separate committees, and they, they meet and, and discuss different people. And there's so many seniors that are allowed on each ballot each year. Right, right. And, you know, I'm not sure, you know, like how you quantify – an offensive lineman, but another guy with the Patriots that I think, you know, was right there with John Hanna, who got in, is Leon Gray. I mean, he was a great player. I know he was. So, you know, there's, there's uh, people like that. Steve Nelson is another guy I think that uh, you could think about. So, you know, a few guys on the Patriots and uh, not so much on basketball and hockey. I think that's that's pretty well worked out, at least for the people that I'm familiar enough to really have a value judgment. But I, I think those guys, you know, the ones I think of. Rick? Uh, we we did this a little while ago, and it, it's pretty much the same. I and you know Kurt Schilling, I think, and uh, and I was the one who brought up Steve Nelson the last time. I thought yeah, he really should be. Right. Yep. Um, I do disagree with Chris about the uh, the, the steroid, you know, Clemens and Bonds and stuff, because I, to me, it, they're all the more reason that they shouldn't be in because they didn't need it. You know, I can almost see a I can almost see a struggling guy that's trying to keep his job using it. Mm. A lot more than I can see a superstar who doesn't need it using it. And I, under, I don't think anybody with steroids should be in. I don't, and I understand it's unfair because there are certainly players that are doing it that we don't know about. Yeah. But that's another thing. If you're stupid enough to get caught, then so be it. Um, as far as as far as somebody, uh, someone who's not, you know, took too long to get in. You did say any Hall of Fame, right? Right. Yeah. Correct. Okay. The only time I can ever remember being really mad was about 10 or 12 years ago when I first heard that the Moody Blues were not were just going into the <laughs> Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back then. Oh, yeah. there you go. After all the list every year of these group, these people they put in that I have never heard of, and it took right. that long for the Moody Blues to get in. That That's the only time yeah. I remember being mad. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I could do a whole list on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with guys yeah. 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 Well, I certainly think it was long overdue that, that Isaac Bruce finally got in. I mean, yeah. uh, yes. as good as he was as a player, that was long overdue. And another one, Andre Dawson, it, it should never have taken as long as it did for him to get in in the baseball oh, hall yeah. of fame. And I will argue as long as I can, I saw too many hits out of Pete Rose. He should be in the hall of fame. Whether you want to be active or not, that's your business. But his numbers on the field were Hall of Fame, and we have no information whatsoever that they were helped by any sort of drugs oh, no. or, or no. anything. Nope. So, I mean, whether it could be, because really, if baseball wants you to have a, a conduct policy, there's a lot of guys in there. I mean, we've all heard about Ty Cobb and all this stuff. 
that oh, were horrible people. You know, well, if, if they open, they, if you know what, Perry, if they open a sports, you know, we've got it with the Suns and the Cardinals. If they open a sports book at a baseball park, I think that like, has to happen. Like the next I, day, I know? would agree. Yeah. So, yeah. but but he certainly belongs in the Hall of Fame just based on numbers. No, I'm not condoning what he did with betting on his team. He, he clearly shouldn't have done that. No. But just sheerly based on numbers, because I mean, as a Cub fan, he got too many hits off of us. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was fan. just thinking. I know Paul Horning is, and I think Alex Karras is. They were suspended for a year for betting on their team. Right. But oh, they well, that reminds me. Chris Alex Karras went in this weekend. He was part of the. the oh, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and I'll and I'll bet as I throw it to Bill. I'll bet Bill. You remember a lot of those hits that he got off the Cubs on a totally different side of it than I do. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> what, 41? I never forget him breaking that record. No, he yep. should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I to mean, be honest, though, so I am glad that w- the day that he broke the record, I'm glad it happened at the point in the game it did because I did not see that game right at, at the at the start because obviously back in those days I had to go to school. Yeah. So I didn't see it at the start, but, but it was that, late that enough was in that a, game yeah. where he got 41-92. I remember I it was on a Tuesday it. night, speaking of. Yes, yeah, I remember. But uh, that, no, he definitely should be. I mean, Sports betting, it's everywhere. The baseball, I mean, they do this all the time. I would say that one. The other one on the NFL, and maybe his time will come, I believe his stats are good enough. Reggie Wayne, the Colts wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I so. believe. Yeah, I, I, I could see some justification from mm-hmm. him going in. Those, those are my two. And, and like I said earlier, I I don't know if you saw it, Bill, but I thought Edger and James had a very nice speech this weekend. I, I really thought it was good. Yeah, he, he he was definitely definitely a uh, good guy and very. His career was short, but most running backs aren't real yeah. real long. But he was devastatingly good when he was good. He was. Oh no, kid. So, all right, Robert. Well, um, for for baseball, I totally agree. Uh, Pete Rose is not a steroid guy. Uh, I totally agree with Rick. No steroid guy should should see the hall. Period. I don't care if you if, if you had Hall of Fame stats before you started using them. You know why try to blow up things? But uh, Pete Rose is number one on my baseball list. As far as football, um, I've got several Raiders that should go in that aren't there. Um, as we talked about when he died, Cliff Branch, he should be there. He's oh, yeah. not there. Um, Jim Plunkett, he should be there. I mean, he did win two Super Bowls, and he, yeah. he, he became the quarterback he was supposed to be when he was drafted when he got to the Raiders. I mean, he didn't have, a, he didn't have any help in New England, got to the Raiders. I mean, he didn't have, a, he didn't have any help in New England. He got beat up in San Francisco, but when he got to the Raiders, he had much better players around him, and he definitely should be in the hall. Todd Christensen is another one. Yeah. Uh, great, great tight end should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Lester Hayes, with with as dominant as he was, yes, he had stick him, but so did Fred Blitnikoff. <laughs> uh, if Fred Blitnikoff can be in the Hall of Fame, so can Lester Hayes. Um, yeah. th- those are a few Raiders I can think of that aren't in the Hall that should be. Sean Alzado's in, isn't he? Uh, uh, I I think he is. Yes. Yeah, him and Howie Long are both in, yeah. But uh, Alzado, I think, went in as a Bronco. He didn't go in as a Raider. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Sean. All right, well, 
Uh, yeah, it's funny. We're not thinking of basketball because you know the basketball Hall of Fame. They let them all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. own. They, and then, and then Rick really, in, and know. then Rick really opened the door to to get us into the music Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I let us stay away from that. I'll take the sports subjects, but the yeah, hockey Hall of Fame is ridiculous. They let everybody in. Pete Rose is obvious, you know. Andre Dawson was one I thought of, and you know, a couple and others. Joaquin Andujar. I don't think he's in. I don't think he had uh, enough stats to. I don't believe uh, he is in either. Well, I'll take a bet. I mean, in the '80s for the Cardinals, I mean, he he was their ace. He was one uh, of their ace pitchers. Uh, I think. Yeah. I look at a guy. Also, look at Biggio and Bagwell. Yeah. Yeah. Biggio and Bagwell should be in. Well, Biggio is in. Well, Biggio is, Bagwell's not. Right. But, yeah, they, they should have gone in, you know, close together. I mean, and, you know, some guys that it took too long, like I said, you know, said Andre Dawson took him too long to get in, you know. Uh, NFL, all right, I'm going to throw one out there that probably should be in because it came up with, with you know, Tony Romo's going to be eligible next year. And someone brought up a good point, and I thought about this. Danny White should probably go in before Tony Romo does because Danny White got them to those championships early, you know, after Staubach left. I mean, yeah, they had the San Francisco game where they lost it. I mean, Tony Romo really didn't, you know, because, no. like, if they're going to put a Cowboys yeah, in, Danny he had White more had stats than I don't think Romo is. I don't think Romo will make it, no. Yeah. I don't think he will, but he's on the list. I think I, I, I have to look up that list. He's on the air, too, and that helps. But yeah, but yeah, Danny White's one. Uh, a guy that took too, I think, a little too long. Morton Anderson should have got in soon. Yeah, yeah. I know they don't like to put kickers in, but he yeah. should have got in a little bit sooner. You know, Tom Flores definitely for as a coach should have got in sooner. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson should have been in sooner. I mean, yeah, he had the bad experience with Miami, and some people argue that oh, he only had a few good years with the Cowboys. Why is he in? But I mean. Still, he even as an executive, he turned that team around, cleaned it up after the bat delivery with Tom Landry. Uh, Drew Pearson's another one should definitely should have already been in. Uh, should have long before. He was the only guy from the All Seventies team that was not in the Hall of Fame until this year. Wow, he's only from that All Seventies decade team. Uh, I agree with you on Todd Christensen. Yes, he he should. I don't know why he's not in. Uh, I don't know why he's. I don't know why he's not in at all. No, I, I don't you know. know. That's just a few, just a few for me. And yeah, the reason this does sound familiar because when we announced some baseball inductees, we talked about guys that should already be in. I think it wasn't right. a whole question, but yeah, right. that's, that's, yeah. that's how some of these come up. And when we talked about them in other. Well, Jamal, well, Jamal, we're going to invite Jamal into our Hall of Fame so that he can tell yeah. us who he feels <laughs> should be into the to yeah. the Hall of Fame. Jamal, and now, Jamal, do you have anybody for the for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> But what uh, one of the reasons that, that was given for Tom Flores taking so long, I forgot about this. He was general manager and coach in Seattle from 92 to 94, and apparently because he did so badly, a lot of the Hall of Fame voters held that against him. Oh. That's ridiculous. Now, that's bogus yeah. that they held that against Flores. But with that, but as for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, no. But for other <laughs> Hall of Fame, I'm going to say this. Number one, a guy that should probably be in the Hall of Fame for the numbers he put up, he was from that 85 Bears team, Steve McMichael. They got uh, Hampton. They got yeah. Richard Dent. You know, but mm-hmm. Steve McMichael should really be in. Uh, and do it, while, yeah, do it while he's still alive, especially what he's going through with ALS. That's, that's I right. agree. Yeah, well, yes, as a matter of fact, the Bo, uh, Jimbo Colbert during his speech uh, basically campaigned for McMichael to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. So. He should, right. He should be in there. And I don't know why he hasn't been. I'm glad Jimbo Cobra got in. That's another guy who took too long to get in 
for the work he did while he was playing, the back injury cut his career a lot shorter than it should have been. But now another guy who really took too long to get into the Hall of Fame, and you all have heard me harp on this guy before, and I'll harp on him again, Lee Arthur Smith. Right. This yep. man this man retired from baseball as the all-time safety, for God's sakes. He didn't get put in by those punk riders. It took, it took a uh, veterans committee to put this brother in. I mean, all-time safety. I mean, what the hell? You know, I, I, think, I, right, I think from what I have heard, Jamal, with, and I'm not saying it's right because you're correct. He should have been in a long time ago. But from what I have heard, the writers typically don't like to vote for closers. Yeah, the, and that's well, why I took, you know, Bruce Suter, same thing. You know, argument with Bruce Suter. Well, you know, if it's part of the game, you need to vote for him. I mean, exactly. I, I agree. And, uh, yeah. and is, is Quisenberry in the hall? Uh, no. I don't okay. think he is. You know, I mean, you could almost make a case for they put Mariano in fast enough. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah they, and, they sure did. Well, and, and, also, and also, you were talking about uh, Andujar. I don't think his body work was enough, quite enough to go no. into Cooperstown. But I will also say there's another guy who probably you could make a case for being on the edge of a Hall of Fame, even though he bombed out as a manager. But as a player, he was very good for a long time. Robin Ventura. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. About That's questionable, but okay. Yeah. I mean, as a manager, he bombed, he bombed out. But he had some very, very good numbers and well over 300 career home runs. Last, last week was the anniversary of him being in Nolan Ryan's Hall of Fame. That's right. right. That's correct. And if anybody so, wants to get in, you, you got a couple seconds here to raise your hand. Yeah. Is, is Andre Chippett, is he, he in the Hall of Fame yet? I, 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 don't I believe, think so. I believe is he? he is, Chris. Is he? Okay. I, he should um, be. Yeah. <coughs> anybody else? You guys ready for death or not? Come on, guys. <laughs> they apparently are, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay, then. We can do it. All right. Here we go. We have Joe Tafoni, 76 years old, offensive lineman for Cleveland, 67 through 70, and then for the Giants, 72-73. I have a feeling, I don't know why he wasn't playing in 71, what happened there, but whether he was injured or what, but the Giants did have him 72-73. I don't even remember him that well. He started can't remember the name. Uh, 38 of uh, 78 games. Two recoveries and uh, one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He was uh, he was in the first Monday night game on uh, and you know and they won at the Browns beating the Jets that oh. time and uh, and he let's see what is what's saying here. It's primary uh, central nervous uh, syn- uh, system lymphoma. So that's a tough way to go. Ooh. June Darty, sixty four years old, women's basketball coach, assistant at Kent State from eighty three through eighty five, assistant at Stanford eighty five through eighty nine. Head at Boise State, uh, 89 to 96. Washington, 96, 97. Washington State, uh, no, 96 to 07. Washington State, 07 to 18. Her record was 443 and 431. And she, for the postseason, she had 13 times. She was 6 and 8 in the NCAAs and 2 and 4 in the NITs. And the uh, 01 Washington, uh, she made it to the Elite Eight with the University of Washington. Uh, and 17 Washington State, the NIT semifinal. Uh, and had heart issues that plagued her for many years. Then we go to Jocelyn Barata, 74 years old, amateur and a pro golfer in Canada. Uh, won 15 tournaments as an amateur, uh, 63 through 71, three uh, uh Queens uh, Quebec Juniors tournament, 63 through 65, four uh, 
uh, Royal Amateur Tournaments. I think this is 63, 69, 70, and 71. Canadian Amateur, 65 and 71. And Pro Tournament, 70, uh, Pro Tour, 72 through 79. Just won 73 uh, uh, La Canadian Open. And then, uh, let's see, LPGA, uh, Rookie of the Year in 72. In Order of Canada in 72, uh, the... Uh, Quebec Hall of Fame in 92, and the Quebec Golf uh, Hall of Fame in 95, and the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame 96, and Canada Sports Hall of Fame in 15. See, there's many Hall of Fames we could talk about if we really oh, want yeah. to talk Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, mostly, the average person who is gets on this list is in three Hall of Fames, I'd say. You know, <laughs> some of them are five, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, now here's uh, a guy who wouldn't make the, the Major League Hall of Fame, but a prominent pitcher, J.R. Richard, 71 years old. Houston Astros from 71 through 80 came up in May 1st of 71. And oh, had, last... had he not had the stroke, Chris, I think he would have been he a in for... Yeah, he would have, I think. Yeah. And his last uh, appearance was uh, uh, the uh, July 14th of 80. Uh, and then on July 30th, he had the stroke. And, and that, of course, eventually ended his career. Hundred, His record was 107 wins, 71 losses, 3.15 ERA, 1,493 strikeouts. And he was an American League All Star, a National League All Star in '80. Gets so used to them being in the American League now. First two innings, first pitched the first two innings in the All Star game, and uh, that was, you know, that was a thing. The Houston fans would have to think about this because Houston went to the League Championship that year and lost to the Phillies. So if Richard yeah. had been around, they might have uh, gone to their first World Series oh, back then. Can you can you imagine though? He he, if he hadn't had that stroke, he probably would have pitched several more years. Can you imagine that? 86 team, Mike yeah, with, Scott, with, with yeah. J.R. Richards, and, Mike Scott, and Nolan Ryan. That's right. <laughs> the Mets might not have got out of that series. Right. Like you said, yeah. Yeah. If he hadn't had a stroke, they might have beat Phillies in 80. It, yeah. it could have been Red Sox in Houston in the 86 series. That's right. So the ERA leader in 79 and strikeout leader in 78 and 79 and part of the first uh, Houston Hall of Fame class for the Astros in 2020. Uh, let's see, 113 uh, – uh, oh, 313 strikeouts and the Houston record until uh, September 24th of 19 when uh, Garrett Cole uh, broke it and career strikeout record until 87 uh, when Ryan broke it. So mm-hmm. that was the season one was Cole gotten and Ryan for the career, of course. Right. Uh, Bench and uh, Johnny Bench and Dale Murphy said he was their toughest uh, pitcher to hit and tied for second team in ERA and third in strikeout. For Houston in all time. Dusty Baker said a lot of the Dodgers back then uh, found excuses not to play in the game that he pitched. (laughs) Right. Uh, He was fifth in shutouts with 73 and complete games. Uh, He he was uh, uh, very high in that uh, 20. uh, Let's see. Let's see. At, uh, he won twenty, eighteen or more. He won twenty games in '76, and then eighteen or more from '76 through '79. And then it looks like his career sort of started off slowly. You don't hear much about him in the early '70s, but once he no. got into the mid '70s, yeah. he really got going. Uh, and it said that a lot of the guys like Dusty Baker said it looked like he was throwing from fifty feet because he was so big. And uh, and he died uh, from complications from COVID and. and so his arm went dead, and he had numbness in his arm, and came out of that game on the 14th of July in '80, and he had the stroke in uh, warm-ups on July 30th in the outfield, and many, and many comebacks, 81 through 83, and uh, and and that was uh, you know, too bad. And James Rodney Richard was his name. So yep. There you are, J.R. Richard. So he was. Uh, all right. Who we got next? We got Mike De Palmer, 59 years old, tennis doubles guy. Six tour doubles uh, wins and and six and uh, you know he did very well in doubles. Twenty in uh, 
20 doubles in 86, uh, singles uh, 35 and 83, coached uh, Boris Becker, 94 through 99, and the son of Mike De Palmer, the senior, who was the tennis coach at Tennessee, and from uh, 80 through 94. Mike Sr. died on January 19th, 9th of 20, and then uh, Junior died uh, stage 4 pancreatic cancer and stomach and liver cancer as well just the other day. And then uh, now... Uh, we have Bobby Bowden coming up, and Bill said that he had some audio about Bobby Bowden. So before we read all the Bobby Bowden information I have, why don't we listen to what Bill has lined up? All right, courtesy of ESPN. Legendary college football coach Bobby Bowden has passed away early this morning at the age of 91 after battling pancreatic cancer with his wife Anne and his six children by his side. He took a hapless Florida State program and fashioned it into a national powerhouse, winning two championships in the 90s. He also coached at Sanford and West Virginia, coaching for a span of almost four and a half decades before retiring in 2009 with the fourth most wins in NCAA history and second most at the FBS level. But it's not really the numbers and the accomplishments that people are remembering this morning. They're remembering uh, Bobby Bowden, the man. And we're so happy that College Game Day's Kirk Herbstreet is here with us. And he was so impactful in so many ways, really uh, even extending beyond Florida State, making that school into what it was in football terms. How can you put into perspective for us this morning what he meant to college football? Well, I've heard a lot of people uh, on your show and, and on social media talking about how how big of a, of a man he was. He wasn't just as a great football coach. I mean, he was a legendary football coach. But anybody who can impact so many folks the way he did, um, not just his players, but you talked about it even covering uh, games yourself and, and how welcoming he felt uh, made you feel. I, I felt that myself. I mean, I, when I, I first I had you know the, the view of Bobby Bowden as a fan. And if you were my age and you watched Florida State in Miami in the 80s, I mean, that was must-see TV. And he was right in the middle of it. And the way he carried himself, in those teams, it was, it, I don't care who you were and what your favorite team was, you were enamored. And then when I became a broadcaster, think about this, for the first five years that I was on college game day, Florida State played in the national championship. And here I am in my mid-20s, a Big Ten guy, thinking, how is Coach Bobby Bowden going to treat me? He doesn't know me, and, and our show is around him a lot. And man, he, he could not have been any more welcoming. And that's when I saw him as a person and not just as a legendary football coach. And to hear all these different stories of all these different folks, not just the players who were lucky to play for him, but the people who were around him and just got a, just a, a little taste of what he was like. Uh, that to me, what an incredible uh, legacy to leave behind and how he impacted people and how he made you feel individually. That when you left and you went to talk to your friends or whoever you talked to, you weren't talking about, oh, he's such a great coach. You were talking about, man, Bobby Bowden is one of the greatest people that I've ever met. And I think that says, that's a celebration to me uh, as, he, as he passes on at 91 years old, how he made people feel about themselves when he came into contact with them. Yeah, so beautifully said. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. All right, we'll be uh, charging them for a little ad there. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, folks, you don't have to subscribe if you don't want to. But <laughs> no, you, so don't. you don't. We'll, have to subscribe we'll bring it to you free of charge anytime we feel like it. Yeah. So anyway, because uh, uh, they'll never find it. Okay, Bobby Bowden. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> thanks, Bill. Was born um, in uh, 1929, as they said, Birmingham, Alabama. On uh, I guess in uh, let's see, he he went to. Uh, 
let's see, 91 played quarterback and running back. And uh, he started in Alabama as a freshman, but he didn't make the team. And then he went to Sanford. Uh, no, let's see. They were actually calling it it's Sanford now, but it was Howard College at the time. 49 through 52, he played that. Played there. Assistant at Howard College from 54 through 55. Head at uh, uh, South Georgia State, I think, 56 through 58. Head coach at Howard College, 59 through 62. Wide receiver coach, Florida State, 63-65. Offensive coordinator for West Virginia, 66-69. Head at West Virginia, 70-75. through And then head at Florida State from 76 through 09. And that's you don't see that anymore. You know, people no, like and, Woody Hayes. And he did, not, like he did not feel. He felt like he was forced out in 09 in the retirement. He didn't want to retire, though. He had uh, his record is three hundred and seventy seven, one twenty nine and four. Had twelve taken away from him in oh six for an ac and oh six and oh seven for academic scandal. Uh let's see. He was twenty one, ten and one in bowls, and he won the championship as they said in ninety three and ninety nine with Florida State. Twelve ACC titles, ninety two through two thousand, oh two, oh three and oh five, and coach of the year in eighty, uh, various coaching of the year, and then again in ninety one. And then and won the Amos Alonzo Stag Award in 2011 and the College Hall of Fame in 06, just when the academic thing was breaking. <laughs> 40 or 44 winning seasons and 33 in a row at Florida State. So that's amazing. Actually, all, yeah, pretty much all the years at Florida State, you know. So, and, and if and you believe what you hear, the reason that, that they wanted wanted him to get out in 09 is they were afraid that if he stayed around, they were afraid that Jimbo Fisher was going to leave and go somewhere right. else. That's, that's right. the reason that. he was kind of pushed yep. out. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That's that's and you know, ninety two. I think that was the first year they joined the ACC. So they won it like every year that they first joined. The that's ACC. right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And and he is a guy. We talked we talked about this with when Mike Shashevsky announced that he's retiring from Duke after this next year. I mean, Bobby Bowden put Florida State on the map. You didn't know much about Florida State. Bobby Bowden came in, and like I said, I remember those games in the 80s, those Florida State-Miami games in oh, yeah. the 80s and 90s. Oh, man. Those, yep. those were some monster games. Especially with him and Jimmy Johnson going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, that, that, right. was, that was classic. He put, them, he put them definitely on the map. Yeah, wasn't it all, all the knew, kickers kept kicking it wide right and that, that's yeah. why Miami kept yeah. losing? Yeah. Yep, and I knew. I, I was waiting, because uh, we've heard this the last couple months about his poor health, and when I heard hospice care, I said, I wonder when this is coming, and when I heard this Sunday morning, I was like, oh, I knew. You know, I, it's, I, it's ironic. Saturday night, Jimmy Johnson gives his Hall of Fame speech, and Sunday morning, Bobby Bowden steps in the But, you know, it went quick. I will say this. For, it sounded like it went quick for him. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a long, painful so that's yeah. yeah, it can be know, that's for sure. We know yeah. it can be. It, it yep. wasn't that long, but I, I guess we'll get to the other. Uh, yeah, we got one more. Bob Jenkins, seventy-three years old. He was a NASCAR and ESPN uh, announcer from seventy-nine through two thousand, and uh, hosted uh, Speed Week. And, uh, and then in, on the Indy Radio Network, and he was also on the ESPN TV, ABC TV, Versus, and NBC TV, and NBC Sports, uh, you know, network, and, and reg big NBC. He yep. had died of brain cancer. He retired in 2012 to take care of his wife because she had brain cancer, but then she died, came back briefly in, like, 13. He uh, he was the Indy PA announcer uh from uh, 2013, uh, I think to I think he did some uh, even uh, this past year, and uh, he was the voice of the Indy Radio Indy Radio Network. I think he got on the Indy Broadcast Radio in '79. Uh, he was the voice of it from '90 uh, through '98, 
And then uh, he was born in Liberty, Indiana, went to Indiana University. Uh, he uh, started, he went to his first Indy race when he was like 13 years old or 12 or 13 in 1960. Missed in 61 because he couldn't get anybody to take him. And in 65, <laughs> his um, uh, class was on a trip, uh, his senior class, so he didn't make it there in 65. Those are the only Indy races he missed for the rest of his life were those two. Uh, let's see. And uh, let's see. I think that's uh, it for uh, any... any uh, Thoughts, uh, Bill, on uh, Bob Jenkins? We did a thing on all things radio on him a few weeks ago, but uh, what would you want to say about him as a Indiana native? You've heard him for a long time. A long time. I remember when he was very young. I remember, you know, when he first came on the network, the 500 network, and he was just there. You knew he was there, very, very knowledgeable. I remember him calling one of the closest races in history in 1992. And those are things, but what he's remembered for most here was kind of like Bobby Bowden. What a great person he was in the community and well thought of and nice to people breaking in the business and just generally a nice person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I followed NASCAR, and uh, you thought he was knowledgeable on Indy. He did a very good job on NASCAR races on ESPN. So um, NBC, the people at NBC could take lessons from people like him uh, doing a NASCAR race. Okay, well, that's it on death. And before we give it to Sean, though, we just want to really emphasize that next week is our change. We're moving to 4 p.m. Eastern, 4 to around 6 o'clock, whatever, two hours or so show it usually is. And we will be on right after Immigrant, who runs a great show, a lot of the uh, the mellower side of, of music, but a lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff people have forgotten and enjoy all the way from the 50s all the way up into the early 80s. And she plays uh, a lot of good music, and then we'll follow that, and hopefully they all everybody won't go away. So, Sean, what a, take it away and tell us uh, the rest of the things you always tell us. Well, and for those of you who, you know, for whatever reason, hey, you cannot listen at 4 o'clock live, you know, because it's in, you can download the podcast, legendoldies.com, or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher. You can do that also, and as soon as it's posted, it will be delivered to you. Or tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts. And, or listen to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And, you know, hey, let us know in one of these other places that I talked to. You know, let us know how you listen. Do you listen live? Do you listen to the podcast? Do you listen on the phone? Just kind of drop us a, drop us a line and let us know. So, And if you, listen in, the, and if you Tuesday, listen in the Fillmore box, let Bill know it so that he knows people are listening over there. Yeah, we'd like to have an accurate count each week of, you know, how you yeah, listen. We, we, know, we want to know how many, how people, what different ways people are listening and you know, how this works. And so I guess until next 